fucking swimming in like we're fucking uh, high divers. I don't, did, Did you ever, did, are you a fan, did you ever go on like the high dive? Yeah, I did. I belly flopped and I never went again. Yeah, I, I'm just too afraid of doing something like that. Like. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's, it's one of the top five worst experiences of my life. I mean, I had like, um, like I, I've been on like those blobs before, you know, like you go at like summer camp and like you jump on it and then like you crawl to the end and someone jumps on it and then like. Because of, they go on it, you fly in the air into the water. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had that before and like no, landed on my back. It just, close to yeah. Ugh. Ugh. No, actually, the first time, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I jumped off the high dive um, and just jumped off, which is fine. But I tried to dive and I, I landed on my stomach and couldn't breathe for about thirty seconds, and uh, that was the end of my diving career. Yeah, short lived. Short lived. Short lived and not and not very glamorous. Yeah, I and kind things, of like, kind of like. Hold on, short-lived and not very glamorous. Kind of like the Jimmy Butler era in Minnesota. Well, we can't. I don't. I feel like we can't dive too deep into Butler because like there's no news. No, we can't. No, we can't. But I, I just That's to, true. to wrap that thought off. Thought up. I just don't know. Like, even if you land perfectly, like with your feet down and shit, it still has to hurt. It actually doesn't. It's not that high. Uh, it's not. It's it actually is quite manageable if you if you land properly, um, and I would assume it's quite comfortable if you land properly doing a dive. Um, but what you can't do is is uh, you know some you've seen some people who would try to flip, you know, do a front flip. Yeah. And then they won't rotate fully, and they'll smack themselves on the back. As long as you just as long as you go in at the right angle, it seems to be okay. But. Um, Getting that angle is hard. Getting the angle is hard. Uh, all right, so there's GM survey and ahead of the new NBA season. That is, we are less than two weeks away, which is great. pretty insane so to say, but not as insane to say that the NHL season is already multiple days underway. Really? Yeah, hockey started Wednesday night, baby. Uh, yes. Yeah. This. this happens every year. Really? Uh, oh, right. I assume I assume that that would make sense. Okay. Um, so so hockey started. Hockey Sorry. already started. Um, okay. I my Maple Leafs won, but my Hurricanes lost. Uh, that is a, as a fantastic combination. You're sort of covering all the geographical sort of spectrum. Of yeah, teams. the same East Coast. Um, baseball playoffs got kicked kicked off this week. Really, you know, today I feel like is when they're really really kicking off. We got. Four fucking games today. Yeah, today's fun. Today's fun. I'm gonna. Um, I'm excited. I mean, this this type of. Um, I'm not. I, I get the 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 manufactured suspense that the wild card format, sort of, you know, the one and done sort of process, and I get how that's exciting, um, exciting television and exciting sports. But I, to be honest with you, this is when when baseball gets actually legitimately interesting. Yeah, I I feel like baseball is in a weird place where I feel that the way the sport, like the the slower nature of the sport, is really conducive to high stakes playoff games, where every moment is just like your heart's beating out of your chest, like holy shit, everything could end right now. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome in the playoffs. I I think the baseball playoffs are arguably 
if you're just being objective, I think they're probably the best playoffs in all sports. Um, but I, I feel like the style of it is just terrible and grating for a regular season where there's 162 games every year. I think I'm someone who loves the, the baseball regular season, but it's because I love it. I think I'm in the minority, and I, and I understand why I'm in the minority in this case because I love sort of the slow, methodical process of baseball. Um, it, I, I enjoy it, but it's from a pure entertainment standpoint, it's um, it's not good. I mean, it's objectively not great entertainment. Yeah, I mean, I feel I, I get really into it for the first like three months of the year. I'm watching, especially especially the Cardinals are good. I'm watching all the games, but just at, at a certain point, I I take a break for like World Cup or for like a major comes up. Something will come up where I just I take a week off and then I just never get back into the rhythm until it's like middle August. And then you found out that like, you know, four rookies have come in and they're all setting records for home runs or ERA and like, wow, right. this guy is like 33 years old and came out of nowhere and is going to win the Cy Young. And it's like, where did I miss? What happened? Yeah, I have absolutely no either idea or opinions about who is going to win these awards this year in baseball season. My, my knowledge really at this point is what's going on with the Twins and then just sort of a broader... Um, sort of general highlights, but um, I, 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 I sort of tune out, and it's partly because I live very far away, and it, it's hard to justify getting up at 2 in the morning to watch a baseball game. Right. Or to really just pay attention. So. Um, what do you call it? Well, and like, you know, I found out uh, earlier this week the season that Jacob deGrom had. It was So that is something that I paid attention to, and... Um, that guy had a great year. About that. It, was, it was crazy. It was, it was, the ERA was 1-7. Um, for anyone who doesn't really know that, that's insane. It's um, it's absolutely unbelievable. But the Mets are terrible. And that's the thing. This is a weird polarity of baseball is where you have you can have amazing individual success, but it cannot matter. Right. Well, and I still th- – and I think that's an interesting – uh, look into, you know, there's questions of like, should he garner MVP consideration because the team was so bad? And I mean, I would say like, you, you hear those stats out loud. And I saw that like, if the Mets had scored at least four runs in every start of his, he would have been undefeated. He would have won every single start. Yeah, so that's the thing about the MVP in baseball is you, you know, you have to, so in basketball and perhaps in football you can say which player had the most broad impact on the team and that's usually the person who's the MVP but in baseball because it's such an collective it's such an individual sport I mean I don't see why you couldn't argue that Jacob DeGrom was the MVP uh I mean yeah I mean he yeah he, he gave them a chance and I mean I don't know how many starts he had I'm gonna look it up what like 35 or some shit um yeah so if they would have won a start in every one of his games he would have I mean I don't know how war... Oh, it's 32. So wins above replacement, war being the stat wins above replacement. Like, if that is the measurement for how valuable someone is, I, he probably had one of the higher wars in the league. Holy shit. What do, what do you think his war is? Uh, 18. No, oh my god. That would be insane. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. So for, for reference, last year he had a war of 4.4, and he finished 8th in Cy Young voting. Okay, so 4.4 is, is very good. 
Yeah. What was his war? This year it's nine point six. That's mental. See, that's the thing is that 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 probably makes him right? Yeah, I I I'm looking at this. I don't know how that guy is not MVP. Yeah, I mean, so who is the? I mean, again, I'm, I'm sure of showing my hand here with the my lack of knowledge, but isn't Kristen Yelich the favorite? The guy from Milwaukee. Yeah, the guy. Um, he was. You know, one of those guys that the Marlins traded away because Jeter can't afford anyone. Yeah, that was great. That was, uh, and, and probably the best player. I mean, everyone was talking about Stan, but it sounds, it looks like he was the best player that got traded. Right. Um, I mean, Stan was, I think Stanton might have been hurt for a little bit. Um, yeah. And also, yeah. I don't know, I, I want to, I'm going to compare, check this real quick, but I also feel like part of it is just that, like, his team is really good. Stanton's, uh, right? Stanton, yeah. Like, his team is yeah. really good, and the AL is just really loaded this year. And, we, and, and again, a lot of sports and a lot of the way we gauge players is about optics, and Stanton, in many ways, has a, had, from a, from a um, just from a perspective standpoint, um, has a player in Aaron Judge who kind of looks like him, does a lot of the same things that he does, and so he doesn't in some way stand out on his team. Whereas in, in Miami, he you know, he was always this big hulking figure who was hitting 60 home runs. And I think in the, especially just being on a team like that, I think it kind of diminishes the obvious impact um, that for a casual fan versus someone like Yelich or um, even just sort of a more prominent player on a, on a less stacked team. Yeah, I mean, Yelich, well, I looked at the stats. Stanton, Yelich was inarguably better this year. So I was wrong on that. Stanton, like, Stanton's OPS last year was over a thousand, and it's down to like eight fifty this year. And Yelich, eight fifty, eight fifty's all right. It's all right, but like Stanton's, I mean, uh, but Yelich's OPS is a thousand, exactly a thousand this year. So that he's going to win MVP. And actually, it turns out that Degrom doesn't even lead the pitchers in WAR. It was uh, Aaron Nola from the Phillies. What was his WAR? Like ten. Uh, his war this year was 10.5. That's nice. Yeah, I mean, I think the Phillies were a team that I kept, like, seeing, like, in the standings, oh, you know, Philly's actually pretty good this year. They got some talent. They got some young guys who are pretty good and just never watched them. Nope, I, uh, I watched, I think, two innings by accident of the Phillies this year. Yeah, I, I caught a couple games when they played the Cardinals, but I... I wasn't really watching that intently. Um, but it seems like they got some young guys who are back to being good. I mean, I, you know, I'm not necessarily, I'm never going to feel bad for the Phillies after, well, it, do you feel like those Phillies teams in the late aughts, um, do you think they're going to end up like really severely historically underrated? Um, I think they might be appropriately rated, and this is what I think. But I think there's going to be. I think they're in some ways they're overrated. I think they were very prominent in a major market, and they had some really sort of really really popular players at the time. But also, I think when you go down the line and just look at the depth of it of their teams, it was quite impressive. So I think they're appropriately rated. I think they're going to be considered you know one of the better. You know, so when when was their run? I'm trying to. It was here. like it was like oh seven or oh eight was the first year, and it ran through twenty eleven. Sure. Um, yeah, and they, I mean, if you look at the pitchers that came through, I mean, you had Halliday, 
Cole Hamels was great. Hap was Cliff great Lee, for a year. Cliff Lee. Yeah, Cliff Lee um, too. They were they were they were great, and you know Ryan Howard was hitting fifty five home runs, and Chase Utley was, you know they they were they were awesome. Jimmy Rollins won an MVP for them. They had like that's three right. MVP guys on that team. That's right. But I, I mean, do we? I don't think you consider them as you know an all time great team. I mean, I'm just I'm just thinking of like the best teams I've seen in my lifetime. I I mean. I think this Astros team, and we still have to see where they end up, but I think this Astros team is probably going to end up the yeah. best that I've seen to this point. But yeah, this Astros, and, this, and this Red Sox team is pretty good. Right. I mean, the Red Sox team is going to be around for a while because all the talent is so young. Um, yeah. But, I mean, you just, I mean, that Phillies team from, like, 08 through 2011, they're a four-year they're stretch good. where they were the best team at pretty much every year. The One Giants, of, though, had a good run after that. Pitching depth was was insane, and their and their defense was was just phenomenal. And they and they had just a unique lineup that could hit. You know those Giants teams that won about three World Series. So see, that's why like that's where I think that I think the Phillies are going to get underrated. Is that I think that like historically uh, speaking, a lot of people are going to say that those Giants teams like overall were better because they won those World Series. But they alternated. It was like they were great, and then they would be shit. And then they'd yeah. be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, I mean, some of those years they weren't even good in the regular season, and then just got hot in the postseason and won. Um, but that's a very base. That's, that, that happens a lot in baseball. Right. Yeah. So you got to give them some credit. Baseball's a momentum sport. For example, in the NBA, you have a seven-game series. Like nine and a half times out of ten, the best team wins the series because the margin for error. There's, you know, it, it pretty much eventually the best team's going to win. But in baseball, you get a you get a hot stretch. Well, and your best players can't affect things as much. Um, exactly. But it's like, because like the Phillies, I think in argument, like they were without question the best team in 2011. Not even close. But, yeah, probably. But the Cardinals kind of got lucky and beat them, and Ryan Howard got hurt last out yeah. of that series. And it was a five-game series. I think it's, if it's a seven-game series and Ryan Howard doesn't get hurt game five, no doubt in my mind the Phillies hold on and beat the Cardinals. Like the Cardinals were not the best team in 2011, and they won. And that's cool. I'm, I'm glad it happened. But because of that, the Phillies ended up super underrated. Yeah, that's true. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll accept that. I think, I think they're, they're definitely going to be remembered as one of the – they're having one of the better runs in recent memory. Right. So to wrap up the baseball thing, because I got off the rails in a good way. <laughs> definitely in a good yeah. way. Yeah. Um, like we should do some more like baseball pods where we just like look at stats and discover things for the first time. That's the great thing about baseball is because you have this, um, and this is true in all sports, but baseball especially, because you, you, you have this visual experience of watching the game and your eyes tell you that you're seeing a certain thing, but to really determine a lot of, for example, who's the best baseball player and, and who has the most impact, you really numbers really are the best indicator. Um, of, of any sport I can think of, numbers are the best indicator of who's really performing well in baseball. Yeah, I would almost, I would almost say with baseball that you almost become less smart about it the more you watch. You mean the more you watch without observing, without diving into the stats? Right. Like I say, I almost, like I almost feel like you can get tricked by by your eyes with baseball more than other sports. Absolutely. Definitely. Um. That's why old baseball announcers are the crappiest. Yeah. Well, I just, like, you get around, 
you get around some of these old-timey baseball fans, and it's just right. like, anytime right. I see an old-school baseball fan suggest that, like, they, they will, okay, we need to get a fast guy. We need a faster player who could get a steal right here. Right. We need a, we need a good, uh, good guy who can come in a pinch-running situation. Like, stealing bases is trash. There's no need to well, do it. There's value to it, but the value is over is, is over is is overinflated. Right. Um, well, and the idea that like you're gonna have a guy lead off just yeah, because he's fast. He's fast. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's like why don't you? I mean, this, why don't every analytic says you know your, your lineup doesn't matter, and in fact, all you need uh, to do is just put your best player. Just you need to do one through nine. Your Nine best hitters. Best hitter, yeah. second best hitter, third best yeah, hitter. Base. Like, for example, Joe Maurer um, was, he was, he was the best on base guy in the league for many years, and he was always hitting three, but he was never a power hitter. He was never an RBI hitter. He was like, hit him number one. He'll and get on base. Even four if he is a power hitter, though. Four no, he's not. But I'm, saying, but I'm saying, even if he was, like, that uh, shouldn't stop you from batting at first, because, like, He's only batting. You're only guaranteed to have him lead off the inning once. It's true, and you're also giving him 50 more bats a year than it would if you were sitting second or third. Exactly, I mean, and that's the you big thing. You want him to have 50 more bats a year. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that. Yeah, if I can get Albert Pujols 50 more at bats, you know, I guess, I guess David Eckstein could suffer. David Eckstein will just have to move down the lineup. Uh, and David Eckstein, I forgot about him. World Series MVP, David World Eckstein. What a world. It does feel weird to me that, like, you have playoff baseball games during the day. And I, like, I like that. I like that. I like that. I like baseball played in the day, but it also just feels weird that it's a postseason game. Right. It just, it's, it's, it's not the typical thing that we, we, we associate. It, it feels, it feels abnormal. Right. Like, well, it's also kind of. Well, I guess part of it's because you can't you have to adjust to the West Coast schedule, but like right. the, the fact that the Astros and Indians are the first game today at like one o'clock local time, that's I mean that should be game of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, let's move on to these GM surveys because I can, love these GM surveys. Can, I I spent too much time on this today. I'm gonna say because I think we definitely stretched out. We definitely stretched out my baseball knowledge. Yeah, we we uh, we uh, we liked that. Uh, we liked it out. We really liked out a single to a double out of that. Yeah, you know, just some hard running on the baseline. Yeah, it was we good read, good read, and we uh, we got an extra base. Yeah. So um, what what were the so the GM survey? What are the questions that happen happen here? Okay, I, I didn't so look at it. John Schumann, shout out to John Schumann, does this every year. Um, he asks, I'm going to read, he asks, um, how many questions? Okay. They, they responded to 49 different questions about the best teams, players, coaches, fans, and off-season moves. General managers were not permitted to vote for their own team or personnel. Percentages okay. are based on the pool of respondents to that particular question rather than all 30 GMs. Show just a little bit of a background. So, I, will, I think, I feel it's necessary, there's a lot of questions, I feel like you need to go over the highlights. Um, and then, depending on, I think, the compelling nature of the question, we can linger. But the first question was, 
which team will win the 2019 NBA Finals? I think we don't have to linger too much on that. At 87% of GMs said the Kings. Said Golden State. Oh, okay. We we got the we were differing on our Northern California teams here. Uh, really? Well, I said the Kings. I mean, was it not 87 oh, right. percent of the I mean, one said the Kings? I, I think I think the I think you know I think the Kings are a sleeper, you know. So <laughs> no, so Boston and Houston also came in at set with seven uh, percent, and those are really I think the only teams that we can envision winning the NBA Finals. If you have any. Do so, you think Golden State has a chance to not win the finals? So it'd be Bo- no. so it was thirteen percent. So Boston and Houston both got like seven, six Split and a half. Percent. The remaining like fourteen percent. They both got seven percent. Okay. Um, uh, I, I can't see Houston. I just I, I don't see no. it. Nope. I mean I, I thought they had their chance last year and just I don't know. Call me a hater. I'm just not buying Chris Paul at this stage in his career as the second best player on a championship team in a loaded league. Not in this league. Maybe like '09. Yeah, maybe like, and it, you know, the era when like Dwight Howard can be the best player on a championship yeah, when, team. When like Hito Turkoglu is the third best player on a championship team, maybe Chris Paul. Second best player, you mean? Was he the second best player? Hito um, was taking all the big shots. Richard Lewis, man. Richard Lewis was. Yeah, I get debatable. Yeah, um, that's such a ridiculous debate. Though. Let's not have it. I mean, I think Boston is a. If I'm taking anyone besides Golden State, it's Boston, and I'm not even thinking twice about it. No doubt, absolutely. It, I totally agree. But to what extent do you think Boston has a legitimate chance of winning? Oh, I mean, I think it's very real. I mean, because you're looking at right now, this Patrick McCall drama is a little underplayed. But you gotta have Patty McCall if you want to be a championship. But I mean, Patrick McCall has like a huge cog in their depth. Because uh-huh. you look at the Warriors last year, they were in a very pre- precocious, I mean, precarious position with their depth in the conference finals for a little like bit. We're doing this, I feel like we're doing this thing where we're, we're, we're trying to find a, a little reason to go against something that has just become such a norm. Like, Golden State is clearly the best team regardless. I think Patrick McCall would be nice, but at the end of the day, they also added Boogie Cousins. Right, but I mean, like, we don't know how how much Boogie can play, and if, I mean, you're talking about like we're ignoring. That team. They're the, they're, they're, like, he, like Boogie Cousins with one leg is better than the centers that they've had their entire run, except maybe that one year with Boogie was nice. Right, but I mean, you're acting like um, you're acting like Curry hasn't gotten hurt like three of the last four postseasons. Like, but also, half the people on the Celtics are hurt all the time. We can make that same hypothetical argument. Right, but I'm saying that, like, if the Warriors, like, if, like, Curry gets hurt again, then, like, that's something we have to seriously consider. Yeah, but, okay, but, but okay. And I no, think, right. like, the, the Celtics, the Celtics' depth is just so freaking absurd. Like, we're taking the same team from last year. If, we took, if you took all the same players from last year and moved it to this year, they're going to take a step up because you expect Tatum and you expect Brown to yeah. improve year over year. Um, but then you're adding, but then you're taking Terry Rozier and you're making him a backup point guard behind Kyrie Irving. Hey, arguably... And, and, and Marcus Smart is, is, is a pretty damn good rotation player. Marcus Smart. Um, Marcus Smart, yeah. I mean, Kyrie, like, outside of Steph, is the, is the second best uh, scoring point guard in the league. And then you're adding Gordon Hayward on top of that, too. I mean, that rotation is ridiculous. 
Um, yeah, I, I'm thinking like if it's not Golden State or Boston, I, I guess you got to go Houston. But part of me wants to say Toronto. Yes, I think if Toronto adds another really significant player, they're an interesting. I would actually vote them ahead of Houston. Um, I just think, because I think that the, the, their ascent to the finals will be will be clear. I think Houston just absolutely has to go through Golden State, and also I think there are several teams in the West this year, and I think Utah is one of them um, that could actually knock them out. Right, Houston, not Golden State. Right, um, maybe the Pelicans could. Maybe the Pelicans, right? So there are, and, and I think in the East, once I mean, I am not as I think Philly's going to be really good, but I don't consider Philly a contender. So. <laughs> No, I, at this juncture, I'm not quite on Philly as a con- contender unless, well, unless like Simmons becomes like a good three point shooter, which is just not going to happen. Unless he's LeBron James, right? Well, and there's also the, I think the Lakers would have to be one of the five, like four or five teams I would pick to win the title because you have LeBron. I mean, it's, it's interesting. So the Western Conference GMs had the Lakers coming in at the, at the fifth seed. So they're behind, uh, like, Golden State, Houston, Oklahoma Houston, City. Oklahoma City, way, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think Oklahoma City is the third seed. And then you have Utah as four. Oh, hell no. I Hell no. I, I think Utah's great. I, I like Utah, but you're telling me that, like, you're taking Donovan Mitchell over LeBron? No, it's not about that. I just, I really don't like the, the, the Lakers additions outside of LeBron. I mean, they're still, like, they're not that bad. No, but they're not, they're kind of awkward. And, like, it's antithetical to everything we know about how you need to surround LeBron James. But isn't it also, like, the idea that, like, we, we keep talking about, the, the, the idea for the past, like, decade or so has been, all right, surround LeBron with shooters. Surround right. him with shooters. But what did he say last year? He kept talking about, like, he wanted someone else to handle the ball to take some pressure off of him, which is what he lost when they lost when they lost Kyrie Irving. And okay. so now you got Lonzo, Rondo. I love that those rhyme, and I'm going to keep rhyming yeah, them great. all year. It's Lonzo, solid. Solid. Rondo, Stevenson, all those guys can handle the ball and take the pressure off of LeBron, and that makes him I, better. I just I don't I don't think that they have enough, and I think okay, look, it's, it's we're arguing a minor point. Utah is the Utah or the Lakers, but um, I really do. I, mean, I really want to. I believe in the structure that Utah has. I believe. I think chemistry matters. Utah maybe has the best chemistry, and I really think that their their construction of their team is great. And I think that again, this is a presumption that Donovan Mitchell takes a leap. Obviously, so if Donovan Mitchell doesn't take a leap, obviously the Lakers are a better team. I just don't know. If, done. I just don't know how much of a leap he has to make. And that's a, that's a fair point. That's actually a, a, an opinion that uh, many NBA people seem to be having. That yes, Donovan Mitchell's great, but what is his ceiling? Right. I mean, I don't. How many more leagues does he have? I mean, and let's just be real about. It. I mean, if he, if all he is is what he is right now, that's a great player to have. That's awesome. You would love to have that player. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't love having Joe Ingles as my third best player. Maybe four. How dare you? Or is Derek Favors still on there? So favors how, how be. Dare, how dare you slander Joe Ingles? Sorry, Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles is great. Um, no, I get that. I, I think that's. I think that's a fair. 
but I think we can all agree that the Warriors are the heavy favorites. Yeah, I mean, if everything if everything hits, like if Boogie hits, no injuries, this could be the if best Boogie team. Boogie hits, that, that thing's over. I mean, if Boogie hits, like they could be the best team of all time. Because that, that pick and roll thing, the big, the big bugaboo for them was this pick and roll when you'd have a guy popping to the top of the, the, top of the key and you were giving the ball to Suggs and Petrullia, but now you're giving the ball to Boogie Cousins. Right, Boogie can actually kind of shoot that he showed us in New Orleans. Um, yeah, and, and not even that, he's, he's a great um, face for his player, and he, he, he's, he's not only a good low post back-to-the-basket player, but he's also a good face-up player. Right. And he's just, he's a nightmare when it comes to pick-and-roll. And for a team that was already had you know, a Curry-Durant pick-and-roll combination, imagine a, a Curry or a Durant and Boogie pick-and-roll. It's just, it's ridiculous. Right, I... I'm not gonna bat. I I wasn't joking when I talked about those injury concerns, though. I, I mean, it's it's, le- it's legit. I do, but if we're gonna talk about that, we have to we have to be fair and talk about Boston's injury concerns, right? Which I think are just as relevant. I don't, they're not just as relevant because Gordon um, Gordon Hayward is not as liable to get hurt no, as Andre Iguodala is. Unless you don't think Kyrie is that essential. I, I I don't think Kyrie is as essential as Steph Curry is. I'm I, not gonna say that. But, I mean, we're talking about, like, we have to... I mean, we're projecting Boogie being healthy after an injury that historically... Honestly, I don't... If, even if Boogie's not healthy, even if Boogie wasn't on the team, I'd still say they are the heavy favorites. Right. So, they, they are regardless. But, I mean, it, we're, like... It's not that crazy to think they could end up with a rotation of, like, six guys in the playoffs. If, like, Curry and Iguodala get hurt again and Boogie doesn't come back... Sure. Okay, so if all those guys get hurt, um, what's something to monitor... It's something to monitor, but as we stand right now, I'm uh, I'm aggressively in the camp of Gold State. Okay. Reed Foster, who will win the 2018-2019 MVP? MVP. Yeah. I'm gonna go one Giannis Antetokounmpo. Ask, by the way, I'm gonna ask you these questions, and then you will give me the answer, and then I will give you the NBA survey's answer. Okay, I'm gonna say, yeah, Giannis Antetokounmpo. He shot. So, I think Giannis. he shot thirty percent from three last year. His shot looks in the preseason looks very smooth, and I think Giannis has been in the weight room too. Been in the weight room, and I love Mike Budenholzer as a coach. And they've got nice. they went from straight garbage, just absolutely nothing, nothing with Jason Kidd, and then Joe Prunty, who ironically Joe Prunty is so unmemorable. He's extremely yeah. memorable. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, yep, and, uh, Jason Kidd was a great player, bad coach. So, the 2019 MVP, according to the, the GMC. Number two, team, Anthony Davis, by the way. I want to get that in. Yes, give me your top three. So, Giannis, Giannis, Anthony Davis, one, two. I feel very good about those two as one, two. And then, number three, number three, I'm going with, you waiting for this? You ready for this? I'm going with Kyrie Irving. Nice. Uh, I like it. So the top three, um, according to MBGMs, are LeBron James, okay, Kevin Durant, and Anthony Davis. Giannis came in fifth. I. The thing is, is that like this is not a me picking like Giannis and Anthony Davis to win is not me thinking oh Giannis is the best player in the league. 
Anthony no, no, definitely did. not. They're, they're, they're definitely not. And I think this is very interesting because if you read this order from the NBA GMs, it goes James, Durant, Davis, Harden, Giannis. And that kind of reads like a top five list. Right, but minus Curry. It's kind of your interpretation of like what the... Yeah, minus Curry. It kind of reads of what your interpretation, I guess, is of the MVP. Is the MVP the best player or, you know? The thing is, I I, I feel like, like it's... The MVP is more of a narrative award than people want to give it credit for. It, especially in the NBA, it's a narrative award. 100%. Um, I mean, Russell Westbrook doesn't win two years ago if not for the narrative. No, I mean, that was an all-narrative. To be honest, um, Derrick Rose's was a narrative, although he was great that year. LeBron's, oh, I mean, easily narrative. Because like, no, well, no one was going to give it to LeBron that year. But that was also the Jordan sort of syndrome where it was like Jordan and LeBron could have won the MVP every year. But, yeah, I mean, like Simmons went through in his book, and like Jordan should have been should have won MVP like nine times, maybe yeah, ten. Exactly. LeBron should have more than four MVPs. Um, yeah, I mean, you're just you're being dumb. LeBron should have, to be fair, like LeBron should have been the last year. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, two years ago, I wouldn't have given it to him because like no. he just didn't play defense, but but last year. If you were starting a franchise today and could sign any player in the NBA, who would it be? Um, how long is the franchise going to be around? We're assuming for a long time. <laughs> Let's just assume, uh, you know, at least a decade. Okay. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. Anthony Davis, too. Um, um, number three, I'm going to go with... Um, Oh man, going to lean Jason Tatum. Wow. Okay. So the first two, you agree with the NBA GMs. The third was KD. Number four, LeBron James. Five, Steph Curry. Six, Joel Embiid. Um, I do have to make a note that last year, Carl Anthony Towns was overwhelming favorites, and right. now is not even not is not even receiving a vote. Yeah. Well. So that's uh, that's all the sort of depressing Timberwolves content I think we have for today. Right. Well, I mean, it's just let's just face it. It was revealed last year that Carl Anthony Towns is a little bitch boy. <laughs> Carl, <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns does not like to play defense, um, and then therefore he is not very good at it, which is pretty much half of the basketball game. Most, yeah. You know, sort of impacts. I, I, I think Kevin Durant's fair because he is the type of game where there's no reason to think he shouldn't continue to be like a top 10 player for another like no, seven I, I think years. I think, I think they got it right. I don't think there's really much to say, say about this. Um, um, and again, I, I'm going to try to skip through questions. Although I do have to say, I think we're going to come to a disagreement on one of these questions down here. And it's which player is most likely to have a breakout season in 2018 and 2019. I love who the NBA GMs pick. I do not think you are going to look for the NBA GM spit. Oh, no. It's definitely going to be some tiny-ass guard or Joe Ingles. Yep. It's gonna, no, it's Joe Ingles now. It's going to be some It's tiny-ass guard, though. Uh, well, it's probably not Kemba because he's already universally it's renowned as the Kemba, top Kemba, three player. Um, no. <laughs> um, who is, right, I'm going to say who I think it should be and then who it's going to be. Sure. Okay. Um... 
Wow, this is hard. It's a pretty difficult question. Um, you know who I think is going to emerge this year is I think that Oji Ananobi playing it's alongside not, Kawhi is going to emerge. Didn't even get a vote, man. This is bullshit. Kelly Oubre Jr. and Josh Richardson got votes, along with Dennis Smith Jr. here, and Markel Fultz, but no OG Ananobi. I like um, Josh Richardson, and I like Kelly Oubre on the Wizards. I want him on the Wolves. Um, Wait, who was the the other one? Markel Fultz? Yeah. Well, Fultz Fultz hit a three. He's shooting threes. He's shooting 25% from three, man. He took four threes in a game, and he's going to start. And maybe one of them. It was, it was apparently it was. Oh, and last year, guess what? Last year, the highest uh, receiving vote, the vote getter, was Carl Towns. Wow. Okay, are you ready for number one? I love it. But okay. Jamal Murray, Denver. No. Yeah, love it. I guess I can see it. Before, I love. Okay, first of all, I need to say. I am a big fan of Jamal Murray. I'm I'm admittedly biased towards Kentucky guys. For no I mean for no like sort of fan affiliation. I just think they do really well in the pros. And I think Jamal Murray is, you know, he's I think he's he's the type of guard. Um, I don't think he'll be as good as Kyrie Irving, but he's the type of guy who can score, he can he can play off the ball and shoot. I think his defense is passable enough that you can put him on the court. I think he's gonna be an incredibly valuable player. He will be a borderline all star player, I think, most of his career. I is tell me if you think this is a hot take. Okay. I think that the Nuggets are maybe like the most fun team to watch on League Pass, just with their style of play, like running through Jokic. They're like, oh, not a hot take. I think moving. that's a. I think I think that's a solid take. Oh, I, uh, I love watching the Nuggets. That's not the hot take. Oh, okay. So I think like, and I think most basketball people agree with me. Like, they're so much fun to watch. Right. But I think because of that, I think we kind of overrate their players because we like to watch it. Even though mm. I, I just – I mean part of it is it's just like like Jokic, you get like these NBA people who just will not accept the idea that Jokic is not a top 15 player. Just check top 15. There's people who are standing on him on the internet for like a top five player. Right, and it's like, well, you know, the way he, he's so infectious, he makes everyone else pass the ball. He's so good. He's so good. The whole team's great. Like, really, if they were that great, they would have won the, the game. They would have made the playoffs if they were that good. <laughs> they would have the Wolves at, all, right. at, at the target Right. You know, if Jokic was so good, then, like, he'd be able to, like, play by some By the way, defense. I think Jokic is great. I think Jokic is great, by the way. Right. I, I, I like Jokic a lot, but he's, I mean, he's a defensive liability. And I, oh, I, so I went to a game where it was Jokic versus um, Towns at Target Center, and each dropped like thirty-five on each other, and it was this like the most. It was it was all offense, and then literally it was like who would get enough possessions to score on the other guy the most. Right, it's. I mean, Jokic like the way he impacts the other guys on offense is pretty incredible. Um, he's a he's a phenomenal player, and I, but I, I really do I really think Jamal Murray is is the type of player that will that. Um, is going to be just incredibly valuable and will succeed. And the other players they had were Ingram, Tatum, Gordon from Orlando, Kuzma, Lowry Markinen's on this list, DeJounte Murray's on this list. Ooh. Let me... Yeah. So, quick point to wrap up on Murray. I think, like, the yeah. reason why I, I can see 
this being the the reason why I can see that answer being right is because I'm not I don't think Jokic can be a go-to scorer late on a consistent basis. And I think the Nuggets ultimately are going to want Murray to be their go-to guy down the yeah. stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, guy I just realized I think is going to be I think he's going to be an incredible coming out of nowhere season. Julius Randle playing next to that's Anthony Davis. I think that's yeah. a perfect fit. And the fact that they got him for so little, I think he, he's going to want to prove himself. Here. Right. I mean, it's either like a one or a two year deal. So like. It's a two year, two year, eighteen million dollar deal. Okay. Yeah. So he's going to want to prove himself so he can get himself back on the market and make a lot of money because this is a big opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And I think two years is about the window you have with Anthony Davis anyway. I don't, I couldn't see him signing a four year deal. I don't. I don't see why anyone would sign a four year deal with the Orleans. Right. Unless they just offered you an absurd amount of money, but two years, yeah, I think that's I think that's a good, that's good. It's not of the radar one. I, Tatum, obviously, that that's the guy. I mean, he's Tatum's going to be incredible. I'm trying to think of an under the radar one. Um, uh, you know, I don't know. I have to come back to this. It's uh, it's it's interesting. I'm just looking at the names. I could see. Um, I could definitely see a player like Lowry marketing rocketing up. I think he's really you think he's really good. I think he has um, a good situation around him. And I so, think Ma- well, I just say I think Markkinen and Gordon are in kind of Gordon Aaron Gordon and Orlando are some yeah. somewhat in similar situations where yeah. both of them have big guys coming in from the draft. Wendell Carter in Chicago and Mo Bamba in Orlando that will allow those guys to operate a little more freely, not having to worry about being rim protectors and being like getting all those rebounds, which I think will be, I think will be beneficial for marketing and for Gordon this season. Right. I think that, yeah, that's a good point. Um, moving on. So they ask who's, so they go position by position. So conventionally five positions and they ask who will be, for example, who will be the best point guard, or who is the best point guard, who is the best shooting guard, small forward, power forward, and center. Um, so if you had to pick a top five lineup by position in the NBA, what would it be, starting with point guard? Who is the best point guard in the NBA? Um, all right, to cheat, I will say I this is the only part of the GM survey I saw. <laughs> okay. I saw that LeBron was like small forward and power forward. No, Anthony Davis was best power forward and center, but LeBron was the best small forward, second best power forward, and um, yeah. Okay. But Anthony Davis was the best center and power forward in the NBA. Okay, well, I can, to the NBA GMs. I can agree with that. Um, if I'm, I can too. If I'm making my own team, um, my team would have Anthony Davis as a center, uh, Kevin Durant as power forward, LeBron right. as small forward, Steph Curry as shooting guard, I mean as point guard, and um, James Harden shooting guard. I was gonna say Clay Thompson actually, but yeah, James we'll, Har- we'll yeah, put James Harden I mean, there. I think, I think if we're constructing a team with that, maybe you don't want the ball handlers, but I think just in terms of who is the best shooting guard, right? I think it's un- undoubtedly James Harden. Yeah, I mean, I, I think at this point Harden is a point guard, but I, I think it's right. it's lucid enough where you could say. It's fluid enough where you could say, yeah, he's a shooting guard. He can do that fine. So, yeah, it'd be Curry, Harden, LeBron, Durant, Davis. Okay. 
Nah. What would you go? Would you agree with that, or are you? Oh, going... okay. So I'm thinking about this. Yeah. So I, I would go Curry number one. I, I'm big. I think. I think. I. I think it'd be Curry number one. Do you know what? I hate to be really boring, but I, I would actually do the exact same as you did. Um, I would have KD at the three and LeBron at the four. Oh. Okay. I'd flip it. Just because of the muscle. Just actually from the stage of the career, I think Durant is more useful as a, as a as a small forward. Also, specifically on the defensive end, I think I think I'd rather have Durant in the three defensive position. Uh, I can I see think, that. I think he's a better perimeter defender right now than LeBron. Right, but I also think that like I think if you have Durant Davis down low, one of them is going to be able to swat off ball, which is going to lead to so many blocks. I mean that that team would be insane. I mean, if we're hypothetically talking about that team, we'd be. But I, I think I mean that top five. I think in theory is is also my top five in the NBA. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, that's sort of how I would rank the top five players in the NBA. I like um, how we're like. Not. Yeah, I like how I'm like diving into strategy. Like, how am I going to win with LeBron and Kevin Durant? How am I going to win? <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like how are we going to? You know, how is Anthony Davis going to get this team? Would be insane. Um, but I guess like. So Maybe you're only having that team if you're going up against like the Monstars and the future of Earth depends on it. In which case, the strategy yeah. might be necessary. The strategy might be necessary, but we can get into sort of defensive rotation if they're playing that team. Right. Um, I'm trying to think. So some of these questions aren't as interesting. I'm trying to find... Uh, ooh, I kind of like this question. Hold on. Let me go back to it. Which team will be the most improved in 2019, 2018, 2019? I think this is kind of... Um, maybe this is actually an easy question. Um, let me look at the standings. I mean, the, the answer is probably I the mean, Lakers. It's, it's the Lakers. I mean, 80% of the Lakers. Last year, 70% of the Timberwolves. Yeah, so, I mean, the Timberwolves were very improved. Um, let me check That's this. That's true, they were. They were. That's true. I... Hold on, I'm checking these standings. Cause I got a bold, bold, bold take. Yes. I also have a bold take too. Um. Okay. I think the answer. I think the team for that's going to conference. I have a bold take. For each conference, you have one. Yeah. I mean, they're not. I wouldn't say they're piping hot takes, but they're warm. Okay. All right. My, my, you know, lukewarm take is that I think that in line with my MVP pick, the Milwaukee Bucks win more than 55 games after winning Whoa, 44. Okay, that, 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 take, that take would burn you if you tried to take it out of the oven. 44 wins last year. I think Budenholzer, I think they win 55 next year. They're too talented not to. And I think the East That's... is not as deep as it was yeah. last year. Okay. And... Uh... That, that's that my. That, that's like an eight out of ten hot take. Well, fifty-five wins is a, is, is a hot take. Okay, so that, it's it's hotter than I thought it was, which is good. It's pretty hot. I mean, I think I think Milwaukee could be anywhere from the three or four seed, but I don't. Fifty-five wins is. I think like I think next year the East. I think this year the East is just very top heavy, because why? Well, yeah, top four, top four. Right. Like I think Toronto, Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, and everyone else. Indiana's gonna be pretty good. Um, maybe Washington. Maybe. Like Indiana, Miami, Washington, all in that like 42 to 47 win range. Um, 55 is just a lot of games. 
Right. I, I think they're going to... It's maybe not an 8 out of 10. It's definitely a solid 7. I just think they're going to have a lot of wins feasting on like the Detroit's, the Charlotte's, the New York's, the Brooklyn's, Chicago, Orlando, Atlanta. They a lot of wins. There's and, a lot of bad teams in the East. And we saw very on brand. Um, and my other hot take is I think the Suns get to at least 34 wins. That is hotter take. I don't think the Suns are good at all. Wow. I don't see them winning. I mean, I think Devin Booker's fine. I like him. I get, I get him in theory. I think he's. I don't think he provides much of an impact. I think Aiden could be pretty good. I think Trevor Ariza is nice, but he doesn't. He doesn't give you wins on a bad team. I see them winning like twenty-seven games, twenty-six games. Is it because they still just don't have a point guard? They just are not good. They don't. They, they they like they lack good NBA players. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's a problem. They're bad, and they're in a great conference. I think that like I think Booker and like I'm going to I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go from 34 to 32, 32 wins. Okay. Still hot. I don't see them winning above 30. Again, they don't have good players on their team, and that's kind of important if you want to be good in the NBA. I think Michael Bridges is going to be nice, nice little player. Josh Jackson okay. taking a step up. Okay. Okay. I will. I will. Next time I see you, you owe me a dinner if they went over. If they, if they, we'll, we'll bet on it. How about we'll do I that? will bet a dinner on. All right, what, what's your team? What, what's oh, your what's yes, your scorching takes? takes? Yes, these are good. These are good. Okay, hot take number one. It's not nearly as hot of a take, but I think that the Indiana Pacers will win fifty games. Ooh, that is scorching. That's not scorching. I don't see that to be a scorching hot take. I think they won forty-seven games last year. Forty-eight. 48? Come on, it's a two-win two improvement. And, by the way, Miles Turner was out more of almost all of last year. Right. I, I think Miles Turner like is going to be an improved player. I like Miles Turner, but I also just don't think that, like, I still am not a huge fan of that lineup. Like, Oladipo, I think, is con- going to continue to be great, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, but you they know. have an interesting lineup, for example, and again, this is something that Zach Lowe talked about in this podcast. And you'd think these two opinions that I'm giving, he actually agrees with. But I was, I was actually thinking about them for the last couple of weeks um, because this is what I do in my spare time. But um, I really, I mean, look, I think they have a really interesting lineup where they sort of, and he mentions this, they can sort of go without a point guard. So, so they got Tyreek Evans. They have, um, they have Oladipo. And they can run out these big guard lineups. And they can run out sort of like this really sort of switch-heavy line. I think they can run out really unique lineups. And I think they can feast on these bottom teams. So I think, like your sort of argument with Milwaukee, is they can they can accumulate wins against bottom feeding teams, and they and they they play incredibly hard. And as you've seen, as I've just seen firsthand with Thibodeau teams, is that translates to regular season wins. It, it might not translate to postseason wins, but it, it translates to they they have all the makings of a good regular season team that will lose in the first round. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think that's like a crazy take. I just don't. It's not. That's what, my second take is much crazier. See, I just I don't think that like Indiana. I think Indiana overachieved to get to forty eight wins last year. So I think that that's like fair. so you you have to suppose that they're gonna they're gonna continue on this sort of that. But again, it's not it's not it's not supposing some sort of massive growth. And also, again, Miles Turner is arguably well, no, he's clearly their second best player. Yeah. Um, and he, was, he missed most of last year. He's, he's great. 
Right. So I, I think they're going to be in the same win. I think they're going to be a better team, but maybe the record doesn't show it. Because I, I still hate, I hate their shot selection. They take so many mid-range shots. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Nate McMillan, but I don't know. 50 wins is a two-win improvement. I, um, my next take, again, this was another take that was, I think, shared with Zach Lowe, who knows infinitely more about basketball than I do. But I actually, I've been st- sitting on this for a while. I think the Utah Jazz are going to be the second seed in the West. Oh, my God, man. Yeah. Oh, that's, no. That's hot. No, that's, no, you know, no. There's the, there's the hot one. No, 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 no. Yep. Oh, my God, man. Yeah. We got to get you to the burn unit. I know that was that's a full ten, um, but I'm on it. That's my I'm 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 ready to be wrong about that. But, well, um, it's a good thing that you're ready because it's coming. Because <laughs> it's coming, right? The only team I can see, for example, I think they're going to be a better team than Oklahoma City. I guess it's supposed. I guess I have to suppose that Houston's going to take a huge dip. Supposing I'm a uh, supposing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is a hot take for a reason. I wouldn't bet any money on it unless right. the odds were ridiculous. Right. And, uh, that's my that's my hot take. I'm, I'm serving it up. I do. I really believe in Utah. I believe in their depth. I believe in their coaching. I believe in the amalgam of players that they have. Just I believe in. I think that they sort of fit the hierarchy of needs. Right. They have a they have a singular. You know. They have an incredibly defense. They have good defense on, from on from at their point guard and their five position. They have really. I mean, they have a like an um, like a potentially transcendent individual player. And phenomenal role players that know what they need to do and they do it. Yeah, I mean, what do you call it? Their, I mean, their numbers last year when Gobert came back for the second half of the season Insane. were unreal defensively, and I, you can't take that and away. Also, their offense efficiency is quite impressive, and they have really good role players who can hit threes and play defense. Like they're, they again, I don't know how they will do in the playoffs, but they have all the makings of a team that wins fifty-five games. Right? Is it? I feel like opinion. join me in this opinion. I don't find. I mean, it's a hot take. For sure. It's not as hot as now that I'm thinking about it because everything's going to be kind of clustered in the West. Yeah, um, they have all the makings of a team that you know probably doesn't make it to the Western Conference Finals, and I'm sure as hell not saying that. Right, they have I'm a team that can that can win 55 shit, maybe even 60 games. I'm trying to think about what jazz artist Utah compares to this year, um, since they uh, are the Utah Jazz. Because like, I think it like their style is more like some chopped and screwed shit, like but that's but that's Houston, unfortunately. So that's it doesn't apply. Which I, I, I'm not the I'm not the right person. I'm, I'm, the floor is yours. I'm in this. You're not so jazz I'm, guy. Um, I'm not not an jazz guy. I just have no knowledge of it. No, it sounds like you're anti-jazz. Um, yeah, that's the that's the take to to come out with. Yeah, I mean they they just. Yeah, I, I guess I just don't want. I don't think it's it's not crazy. I'm not I'm gonna not gonna rule it out as crazy because again I think Houston's gonna take a, a notable step back. And I just don't believe Oklahoma City's gonna be as good as people think they are. So who's left? Who's gonna pick up? Unless even the Lakers are gonna be the second seed. I don't think Portland's gonna be that great. No, I don't them. think San Antonio. I don't think Denver. So who's left? If Houston takes a step back, who's left? New Orleans maybe. Let's look at this. I'm going to look at this Pelicans uh, roster again to make sure I'm not crazy for suggesting this. But I don't see the Pelicans becoming a top three seed, do you? I mean, probably not, but I mean, do, do you think it's crazy that. It's just, I mean, I thought in the playoffs last year in the West, the Pelicans, I mean, they gave Golden State a run for their money. I thought. 
I thought the Pelicans were the third best team in the Western Conference playoffs last year. True. Um, I mean, I, I, Utah gave Houston a pretty nice run, in in fairness to them as well. Um, mm-hmm. But you I mean I I don't I think New Orleans got a nice little roster next to Anthony Davis, and I like Alvin Gentry as a coach a lot. Um, Jaleel Okafor, I think he already got hurt, so that kind of hurts my argument. Honestly, um, I don't. I wouldn't pick them to do that, but I don't think it's insane that New Orleans, after they figured some stuff out, building all around Anthony Davis, because they they were better last year without Boogie as the second guy. Yep. yep. Definitely. Um, but I, you yes, know, but I don't see them as like a top three seed. I think they they could they're anywhere from the, you know the four to seven range. Right, I I think that all those I think like Houston, OKC, Utah, Lakers, Pelicans are all in that like fifty to sixty win range, and probably right. probably closer to like the uh, more like fifty to like fifty six win range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to find um, another compelling question for you. Um... There, there's, you know, who will be who who will be the rookie of the year? Blah blah blah. Um, ooh, interesting question. Who do you think the best coach in the NBA is? Um, I mean, is it really that hard? I mean, the, the only difficulty is like, are you like a Popovich guy or like a Brad Stevens guy? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's those are the two top coaches. It was Stevens number one. See, I don't. I feel like we're going a little. I yeah. don't know that. I don't think that's fair to Popovich. It's not. I mean, what did he do last year to to warrant? I mean, what? I mean, it's not that compelling of a question because it's it's a really really difficult question to, um, I guess, answer. But um, well, I mean, also like at a certain like at a certain point, everyone last year was praising how talented Boston's roster was, and I think those are valid. Uh, it was valid praise. But if you're doing that, then you're inherently acknowledging that the coaching job that Brad Stevens did is not as impressive as you think it is, as you're making it out to be. And it, and this is not to say it was a it wasn't a great coaching job because it was. But San Antonio, what were they like the fifth seed last year with like Lamarcus Aldridge and uh, just a bunch of guys? Dejounte Murray, second best player. Yeah, no, I agree. But again, it's kind of an irrelevant question. Um, but it, I just found it to be interesting. Um, ooh, let's see. This is a good question. Um, oh yeah, yeah. This, I like this question. Um, which rookie will be the best player in five years? And the answer last year was Josh Jackson, according to the GM, who's a big guy that you like. Oh, I don't. Wow, Josh Jackson, a member of the. 38 win Phoenix Suns. Uh, <laughs> it's 38 now? And now it's inflating. By the end of the podcast, the Suns are going undefeated. That's, uh, okay. The the 78 win Suns. Um, the, seven, the 83 win Suns. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're just going to give them, we're just going to, we're just going to give them an extra game. Um, all right. Um, that's what happens when you win 82 straight games. You just get rewarded an extra game. I mean, I think, um, the, I think it's the same answer for both. Number one. What do you mean? Well, I, say, I think the answer for who's the best rookie this year and best rookie in five, 
best one of five years is the same answer. It's Luka Doncic. Oh, see, number one was DeAndre Hayden. For, like, this year? Yeah, who will be the best player in five years? No, Luka Doncic was going to look good year. But they said in five years that DeAndre Hayden will be the best player in five years. And Luka Doncic came in third. Hold on a second. Player ahead of him. Hold on one second. Sorry, there's some cat drama. Well, what happened? Um, pasta. There's some cat drama. Well, pasta was yeah, just like that's, a t- that's, that's fitting. Um, she pasta was attacking Ghost Owl very intensely. He he can be quite a bit of a bully. Just two, but how many cats do you have? Just two. Just two. That's an appropriate amount of cats. Yeah, any more and it'd be a little. I'm not quite ready to take that leap of being insane cat guy. Um. No, it's it's it's. I mean, your 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 the trajectory is fitting, but I don't think um, I don't think having more than um. Anyway, two, two per person's bad. Um, sorry. Anyway, it's just sorry. Which rookie will be the best player in five years? Uh, so they said, and you said Luka Doncic, and I agree with that opinion. But Luka Doncic didn't even come in number two. Number two is Josh Jackson. Up. Not sorry, not Jared no, Jackson. Best rookie. Yes, Jared Jackson. Because I'd say I would take him over Aiton. I think like if everything works out, Jared Jackson's going to be incredible. I agree, absolutely. I like this Memphis team. Memphis, if I had to bet on like a major dark horse team becoming a like an AC contender, I, I might pick Memphis. But they would obviously be a pretty a pretty dark horse team. Right, you'd have to like really believe in Jared Jackson this year, and, and you think- have to really assume that the role players that they have can be competent, and that Conley and Gasol can stay healthy and also be effective. And they're both, Which is a lot of, like, ifs and if and if and if. Right, and they're both, like, old as shit. They're very old, yes. They're very old. I mean, you know, by... Um, by NBA standards. Standard. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, who was the best player in the... Uh, the best defender in the NBA was Rudy Gobert. Best perimeter defender was Kawhi. It's pretty... Not very controversial. Um, the best defensive team... Was Utah. Okay. And number two is going to be Toronto? Boston. Okay. Is Toronto third? And Golden State. Golden State and then Oklahoma City. Yeah, I mean, Gold, I mean Oklahoma City, it's with the caveat. Why does everybody like, I don't, I mean, I love Russ. And I think Paul George is in there. Why does everybody like Oklahoma City this much? Well, like, defensively it makes sense because, albeit Rudy Gobert was. playing, but he's hurt now. What did you say? Robertson's hurt. Is he already hurt, like, seriously or, like, normal? He's out for, like, two months. He had, like, a knee problem. Oh. 
Oh, well, that that changes it then. Right. I mean, I also, I mean, Steven Adams is a great defender. And you don't have Carmelo anymore. That's 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 probably their, their biggest addition by subtraction right there. Right. Um, um, he is, uh, he's bad. That's my analysis. Yeah, dude, I saw, like, dude, side note... You know, I you know I'm a big supporter of the athletic, the uh, you know are like. Are you working? Are you are you here to announce that you're going to be hired by the athletic? N- yeah, no, unfortunately not. Um, uh, that'd be nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I wore my athletic uh, little jacket today that I won for. You my, have an athletic jacket. Well, I finished second in one of their World Cup brackets, and I so I won a wow. prize pack. I yeah. put that on my resume if I were you. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. I'm a proven soccer expert. Um, nice. But I was going to say like they. They've got a lot of high-end journalistic talent, but like you can tell that like a lot of the dudes that are filling in the, you know, filling out the like the team beats because they want to have someone who's like like a beat writer for every single team in the NBA, NFL, all that like by this season, and you can tell that like they had to cut some corners. Like yesterday, I saw um, Matt Moore, you know, Hardwood Paroxysm. Shout out Matt Moore. Yeah. Great guy. Just someone like, in terms of like just pushing NBA love, that guy is great. He, he like, someone like on his staff, Worldwide Wob, uh, wrote a piece basically just joking about like Carmelo Anthony having shitty shots, like shot selection again. Because, like, Carmelo, like, Carmelo took a long two in the preseason game, and then he, like, jokingly apologized to the Rockets bench right afterward. Um, And so they wrote about it, and they are like, yeah, you know, Carmelo's not going to – well, once again, he sucks at this stuff. And the the new beat writer for the Rockets for The Athletic tweeted at at Matt Moore and was like, really? We're doing this again? It's only preseason, bro. We're, We're doing this again? And it's just like, Matt Moore's just like, dude, we've got like 15 years of evidence to support this is what Carmelo Anthony is. (laughs) Yeah, and the thing is, it was okay when he was, you know, one of the most prolific scorers, even though it wasn't... But now he's just... It's it's this thing you you trend amongst our players who kind of cut corners, as he's bad expression, um, and we're still really effective. But now Carmelo's just like an ineffective, overweight by NBA standards. Right, and also like the league around him is changing. You know, like yeah, your shitty, your not, shitty sock selection didn't matter as much in two thousand eight. Do you want Carmelo Anthony on your team? Um, well, if, if we're talking, if we're talking my team, like the Charlotte Hornets, then absolutely. <laughs> That's fair. We're not winning. You also, you also had Dwight Howard last year. What was that like? Um, well, early on it was great because you don't. Early on when you're watching it, you're seeing like Dwight Howard getting a lot of touches in the post and he's doing well. You're like, wow, Dwight's the only guy that can do anything. This is great. Love Dwight. And then you slowly start to realize, oh, the reason why no one else can do anything is because Dwight sucks ass. And yeah, that's, will I, only, I the, yeah. I was saying, you can only run the offense through Dwight. Like that dude is not about being an ancillary offensive player. And he, 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 he ideally would just be a really great, like, sort of, like, roll to the rim and dunk player, but he just never wants to do it. He'd be DeAndre Jordan, and he, he's he got no interest in being DeAndre. Right. I know, but I, that was the whole thing, too, with Stan Van Gundy. 
can roll to the rim. He's like, no, I want to, I want to shoot left-handed hook shots. Oh, and Dwight is like very serious about shooting threes again. Oh God, he's so like serious he's, about this. He's hurt now, but I, when he, when he's, if his back doesn't completely fall apart, I, I'm interested in watching that. He's on the Wizards, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that. Uh, I don't know, man. What, That's what not good for them. I'm talking about like the t- like him on that team. That just that, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. I mean, if, if I was a Wizard fan, I'd I mean, slam my head against the wall. I mean, can you imagine I, like I fucking John Wall and Dwight Howard on the same team? Like you were gonna ruin the chemistry. Oh, it sounds horrible. They sound so. They sound like two just incredibly insufferable people to work with. I mean, I was like this off season. I was thinking about a lot of like trades that get Kemba Walker and like Michael Kidd Gilchrist. To the Wizards for John Wall, and why? Well, just because I thought maybe they'd want to move on from him or something. Or I, I was thinking why like, you want John Wall? I was that. See, that's the thing is that I would tell my friends about this, and their responses weren't why. Why would Washington give up John Wall for that? They were why the fuck would you want John Wall? And that's my question. Yeah, and why, I, mean, I couldn't give you a real answer. I mean, I'd want John Wall, but not for forty million dollars. Right. I mean, John shout Wall. Out, shout out to John Wall making that money, but. Um, yeah, John Wall operates like a guy who is just so much better than he is. Yeah, that's, that's, he was great, but he's not anyone. He's like a very, he's a very okay shooter, um, yeah. great in transition, solid defender, good passer. John Wall would have been an incredible player to have in nineteen ninety seven. But not 2018. Yeah, even, even the mid-2000s. Yeah. But he's just, like, he, you cannot have the guy as the best player on your team for it to win a championship. And I don't think he can be anything other than the best player on the team. No, and that's, and that's, um, it's, and, and Bradley Beal's your ticket if you're a fan, if you want, of if you're a fan of Wizards, if you want any hope, I mean, he's your only, because he fits the perfect, the modern NBA, he's just a really nice player. Right, John Wall is the kind of guy who I think it would be awesome if he got included in like a package deal to Phoenix. The thing is, Phoenix would probably do that. Right. Dumb, but they'll they'd do it. Right. Well, anytime you're looking at, anytime you're going into the trade machine and you're trading a yeah. superstar, ultimately you're trying, like, anytime you're going to the trade machine, you've got to, like, include a stupid team. You have to include the Kings and the Suns. The Kings or the Suns are in every trade. Yep, every trade. Yep, that's a, it's a, it's a pro tip out there for you. And, uh, and um, I'm trying to think. The Clippers used to be in it. Not right. so much anymore. They're smart enough now. Um, yeah. All right, what? any more fun GM survey questions? No, not really. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm just looking at it. Um, which team is the most fun to watch? Golden State. Um, I kind of agree with that. Um, which player is the most athletic? Russell Westbrook was got fifty percent of the vote. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Um, who's the best pure shooter? Stephen Curry. How do they even question? That's like he's the greatest yeah. shooter ever. LeBron is unquestionably the best passer. Which bench player makes the biggest impact? Lou Williams. Well, couldn't you say like? Player? Couldn't you say like Ben Simmons is the best passer? Uh, where did Ben Simmons come in this? He was fourth with Rondo. Who's who is second? Chris Paul. Oh yeah, Chris Paul's pretty good. 
Yeah, he's, he's pretty good. Um, which player is the best leader? LeBron James. Yeah. Al Horford is number four. Jonas Haslam also received a vote. Kemba <gasps> Walker also received a vote. Kemba. Nice. Uh, most versatile player, LeBron. Best basketball IQ, LeBron. Which, ooh, which player would you want taking a shot with the game on the line? This is inferior. Kevin Durant, number one. Steph Curry, number two. LeBron, number three. This is, I hate this. I want LeBron. Yeah. Give me LeBron. I hate this thing. It's just Because it's, it's not based on any fact. And it, it's annoying that GMs fall for this. It's not based on any fact. Well, doesn't Durant shoot a higher percentage than LeBron? Does he? Um, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm checking now, but I, I mean, I'm, t- I'm talking about like maybe last couple of years. Um, okay. Once we finish this out, I think we should end on the last question, which I think is a really interesting question. Okay. Um, um once again, it's hilarious to find out that Kevin Durant is from Suitland. Yeah. Um. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. He, sh- he shot... 53.7% two years ago, and then 51.6% last year. Kevin Durant did. Um, oh, my God. Durant dropped the Sonics-inspired KD-11 very hot. Yeah, I saw that. So hot. I, I, oh, my God. That's the, that's the extent of my shoe knowledge. But anyway, um, I will ask you the final question. Okay, LeBron what shot 54% yeah. last year, so I... Yeah, you want LeBron. What, what are I we talking about? I want LeBron, yeah. What, what are we talking about? You want LeBron. I, just, I think the, Steph Curry was number two, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I'd want, I'd want Durant, LeBron, and those are the three guys, for sure. This feels very much like a first-take conversation, so I'm trying to, like, get out of it. All right, Max <laughs> Kellerman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm glad you said that. I was thinking you were do, like, a Skip Bayless joke. Um, no, he's on Undisputed, bud. That's right, he is. With Shannon Sharp. What a, what a time to be alive. Um, what rule regarding play, draft lottery, player, playoff format most needs to change? And I will give you just some of the rules. The schedule, fewer games, draft combine process, draft medical information. By the way, this is in no particular order. Replay length, draft eligibility, the one and done rule, draft lottery, odds and system, or playoff seeding. Which rule needs to change? Um... Well, on a just on a moral pro labor situation, I think the draft needs to be revamped. Yeah, if, yeah. But yep. in terms, I, I, as, in there, as in there shouldn't be a draft. Yeah, like the draft need yeah. it just it doesn't make sense. Um, it's 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 pretty unethical. But you know, I don't operate in the interest of the players. I operate in the interest of Reed and. Right. For my personal interest, I think they they have to do something to revamp the playoffs. Yeah, so that was the, the NBA GMs also operate under the pers- uh, under the interest of Reed because they agree with you. Because I just don't i I don't have a problem with the fact that there are only a few teams that can contend for the playoffs. That's fine. But if that's the case, then you got to do something to make the playoffs more like those first few rounds more interesting. And you know maybe yeah. it's something like the uh, like the wild card game with baseball. You know you talk about it, you don't think it's a great. You could argue that like one game after 162 games isn't really fair. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, I, don't, I think you could argue that the upside of the wild card game is that, you know, after they, when they first instituted the wild card in the 90s, it devalued winning your division because you could make the playoffs elsewhere. Yeah. Now, I think it, now because of the wild card game, I think winning your division is back to being incredibly important. In basketball? Well, I'm, I'm saying in baseball because, like, now. Yeah, yeah. Totally. If, if you win the division, like if you don't win the division, you could be out in one game. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yep, yep. So I think basketball. I think you could do it where like top four teams in each conference automatically, like they're not. I don't want them in any kind of one game playoff. But everyone else, put them in like a one game tournament. Just have it. Be- My, the thing that interests me, and this has been floated around on various podcasts. Um, I'm interested in uh, in the first seven seeds getting locked in, and then like a tournament for the eight seed. So the, the Bill Simmons, like, fun as hell tournament. Yep. Entertaining as hell tournament or whatever it is. Yep. I'm, I'm interested in a tournament for the AC and a tournament for the number one pick in the draft. So you think that, like, the the winner of that wins number one pick? Yeah, that's that, that's a bit more sticky. But I really believe in the whole – I really would be interested in a, a play-in tournament for the AC. I wouldn't mind that. I, I think – I would, I would expand it almost, though. It's, it's, it, 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 because it's such a revenue-based decision, um, and you have to think about it from the fact that the owners are the ones making this decision. The owners, the the owners lose like the owners of consistently pretty good teams just lose millions of dollars if they don't make the playoffs. So, I I would say that I think you could only, I mean, it'd be really difficult to just convince the owners to do it for one one seat. I think making it couple seats would be almost impossible. But don't there's too much risk involved. But don't you think that, like, we're going to have, like, that's going to increase revenue to the point where, like, it's going to mitigate any of those issues? That's but it depends on where you play it. Because they're getting, because they're getting home revenue from concessions, from jersey sales, from, like, in-arena experience. Right. So you, but you play it. direct. So you play it at home then? Yeah, you, you'd you always play at home games. Because, like, otherwise, you end up with that, like, you know, you, you see it with, like, college football and, like, college basketball and stuff, like... Yeah, you don't want like a neutral site court. That's like because it's it'd be like oh, you find out like oh in three days our team is playing five hours away. Let's get yeah, tickets. Yeah, we're playing in Tampa in like some like Disney arena. Right. That that's not no going to work. No out. one wa- no one wants that. Or we can make the whole tournament in Vegas. That would be int- again. I like that. I'd be interested in that. More Vegas. I've never been to Vegas. Neither have I. I really don't actually have much intention of going, but See, I would be. I don't even, I'd go for a basketball tournament. I don't even want to go because the more yeah. I don't, the more I don't go, the more it builds up in my mind as the most fun place ever. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not on that sphere of consciousness with you, but. Oh, I mean, I because I realize once I get there, it would it'd be terrible. You know. Yeah, I, it sounds awful. I don't. I don't gamble like I gamble on sports, but I don't do like poker and like blackjack and shit. No. Like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. A, I'm terrible at that type of gambling, and B, I have no sort of interest. And, my, and that might be connected. I feel like if I, but no one's actually good at that stuff, right? For like, but I also like of the people. I hardly know the rules, so it's like I, I spend the entire time learning what to do, and then yeah, there's like, I, oh, go ahead. No, that's it. I, yeah, I was more green. Yeah, just and then like you know, I don't, I don't have that much interest in like strip clubs and shit. And certainly, I'm zero interest in that stuff. And that's not even trying to be a PC answer. I just have absolutely no interest in that stuff. Well, um, if so. I wanted to go to a strip club, I could just, I could find one. 
Yeah, I mean, if you, if you were interested in that, you wouldn't need to go to Vegas for it. Right. Is basically the answer to that. On that note, should we should we call it a day? Yeah, let's call it a day. Uh, you know, gonna get the shit uploaded, and then uh, yeah, I'll talk to you next week. Hopefully, recorded properly. Hopefully, James Buckets will have been traded by then, or maybe not. Jimmy G. Buckets. If you're if you're nah, Tom Tibbs. This is this is purgatory. We deserve this as Wolves fans. Actually, no, we don't. The the ownership of the Wolves deserve it. Us fans have suffered enough. I mean, I had like um. Like, I, I've been on, like, those blobs before, you know, like, you go at, like, summer camp and, like, you jump on it and then, like, you crawl to the end and someone jumps on it and then, like, because of, they go on it, you fly in the air into the water. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had that before and, like, landed on my back and just, ugh, ugh. No, actually, the first time, uh, I mean, I, I jumped off the high dive um, and just jumped off, which is fine, but I tried to dive and I, I landed on my stomach for about 30 seconds and uh, that was the end of my diving career yeah short lived short lived short lived and not and not very glamorous yeah I would and kind things. of like kind of like hold on short lived and not very glamorous kind of like the Jimmy Butler era in Minnesota well we can't I, don't, I feel like we can't dive too deep into Butler because like there's no news now we can't now we can't but I, I just That's to, true. to wrap that thought off thought up I just don't know like even if you land perfectly, like with your feet down and shit, it still has to hurt. It actually doesn't. It's not that high. Uh, it's not. It's. It actually is quite manageable if you if you land properly. Um, and I would assume it's quite comfortable if you land properly doing a dive. Um, but what you can't do is is uh, you know some you've seen some people who would try to flip, you know, do a front flip. Yeah. And then they won't rotate fully. And they'll smack themselves on the back. As long as you just, as long as you go in at the right angle, it seems to be okay. But um, getting that angle is hard. Getting the angle is hard. Uh, all right, so there's GM survey and ahead of the new NBA season. That is, we are less than two weeks away, which is great. Pretty insane so to say. But not as insane to say that the NHL season is already multiple days underway. Really? Yeah, hockey started Wednesday night, baby. What? Uh, yeah. I missed this. Th- this happens every year. Really? Uh-oh. Oh, right. I assume. I assume that that would make sense. Okay. Um, so, so hockey started. Hockey Straight. already started. Um, okay. I my Maple Leafs won, but my Hurricanes lost. Um, that is a as a fantastic combination. You're sort of covering all the geographical sort of spectrum. Of yeah, teams. the same East Coast. Um, Baseball playoffs got kicked kicked off this week. Really, you know, today I feel like is when they're really, really kicking off. We got four fucking games today. Yeah, today's fun. Today's fun. I'm gonna. Um, I'm excited. I mean, this this type of. Um, I'm not. I, I get the 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 manufactured suspense that the wild card format sort of you know the one and done sort of process, and I get how that's exciting. Exciting television and exciting sports, but I, to be honest with you, this is when when baseball gets actually legitimately interesting. Yeah, I I feel like baseball is in a weird place where I feel that the way the sport, like the the slower nature of the sport, is really conducive to high stakes playoff games, 
where every moment is just like your heart's beating out of your chest like holy shit everything could end right now mm-hmm. so that's awesome in the playoffs I, I think the baseball playoffs are arguably if you're just being objective I think they're probably the best playoffs in all sports um, but I, I feel like the style of it is just terrible and grating for a regular season where there's 162 games every year I think I'm someone who loves the the baseball regular season, but it's because I love it. I think I'm in the minority, and I and I understand why I'm in the minority in this case because I love sort of the slow, methodical process of baseball. Um, it's, it, I I enjoy it, but it's from a pure entertainment standpoint, it's um, it's not good. I mean, it's objectively not great entertainment. Yeah, I mean, I feel I, I get really into it. For the first like three months of the year, I'm watching, especially especially the Cardinals are good. I'm watching all the games, but just at a certain point, I I take a break for like World Cup or for like a major comes up. Something will come up where I just I take a week off, and then I just never get back into the rhythm until it's like middle August, and then you found out that like you know four rookies have come in and they're all setting records for home runs or ERA and like. Wow, right. this guy is like 33 years old and came out of nowhere and is going to win the Cy Young. And it's like, where did I miss? What happened? Yeah, I have absolutely no either idea or opinions about who is going to win these awards this year in the baseball season. My my knowledge really at this point is what's going on with the Twins and then just sort of a broader um, sort of general highlights. But um, I, 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 I sort of tune out, and it's partly because I live – very far away, and it's hard to justify getting up at two in the morning to watch a baseball game, right? Or to really just pay attention. So, um, what do you call it? And well, and like, you know, I found out uh, earlier this week the season that Jacob Degrom had. It was so that is something that I paid attention to, and um, that I'm guy had a great year. About that, it was, it was crazy. It was, it was the ERA was one seven. Um, for anyone who doesn't really know that, that's insane it's um it's absolutely unbelievable but the Mets are terrible and that's the thing this is a weird polarity of baseballs where you have you can have amazing individual success but it cannot matter right well and I still th- and I think that's an interesting uh look into you know there's questions of like should he garner MVP consideration because the team was so bad and I mean I would say like you you hear those stats out loud and I saw that, like, if the Mets had scored at least four runs in every start of his, he would have been undefeated. He would have won every single start. Yeah, so that's the thing about the MVP in baseball is, you you know, you have to – so in, in, in basketball and perhaps in football, you can say which player had the most broad impact on the team, and that's usually the person who's the MVP. But in baseball, because it's such an collective – it's such an individual sport – I mean, I don't see why you couldn't argue that Jacob DeGrom was the MVP. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, he, yeah. he he gave them a chance. And, I mean, I don't know how many starts he had. I'm going to look it up. What, like 35 or some shit? Um, yeah, so if they would have won a start in every one of his games, he would have, I mean, I don't know how war. All right, it was 32. So, win, so wins above replacement, war being the stat wins above replacement. Like, if that is the measurement for how valuable someone is, I probably had one of the higher wars in the league. Holy shit. What do you, what do you think his war is? Uh, 18. No, oh my god. That would be insane. 
Uh, <laughs> I don't know. So for for reference, last year he had a WAR of four point four, and he finished eighth in Cy Young voting. Okay, so four point four is, is very good. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was his WAR? This year it's nine point six. That's mental. See, that's the thing is that 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 probably makes him MVP, right? Yeah, I, I I'm looking at this. I don't know how that guy is not MVP. Yeah, I mean so. Sort of showing my hand here with the my lack of knowledge, but isn't Kristen Yelich the favorite, the guy from Milwaukee? Yeah, the guy. Um, he was, you know, one of those guys that the Marlins traded away because Jeter can't afford anyone. Yeah, that was great. That was, uh, and, and probably the best player. I mean, everyone was talking about Stan, but it sounds it looks like he was the best player that got traded. Right. Um, I mean, Stan was. I think Stanton might have been hurt for a little bit. Um, yeah. And also, yeah. I don't know. I, I want to. I'm going to compare check this real quick. But I also feel like part of it is just that like his team is really good. Stanton's uh, right. Stanton, yeah. Like his team is yeah. really good, and the AL is just really loaded this year. Eh. I mean, we and again, a lot of sports and a lot of the way we gauge players is about optics. And Stanton, in many ways, has a had from a from a um, just from a perspective standpoint um has a player in Aaron Judge who kind of looks like him does a lot of the same things that he does and so he doesn't in some way stand out on his team whereas in in Miami he, he you know he was always this big hulking figure who was hitting 60 home runs and I think in the especially just being on a team like that I think it kind of diminishes the obvious impact um that for a casual fan versus someone like Yelich or um even just sort of a more prominent player on a, on a less stacked team. Yeah, I mean, Yelich, well, I looked at the stats. Stanton, Yelich was inarguably better this year. So I was wrong on that. Stanton, like, Stanton's OPS last year was over 1,000, and it's down to, like, 850 this year. And Yelich... And 850 is all right. It's all right, but, like, Stanton's... I mean, uh, but Yelich's OPS is 1,000, exactly 1,000 this year. So that... He's going to win MVP. And actually, it turns out... That Degrom doesn't even lead the pitchers in WAR. It was uh, Aaron Nola from the Phillies. What was his WAR? Like ten? Uh his WAR this year was ten point five. That's nice. Yeah, I mean, I think the Phillies were a team that I kept like seeing like in the standings. Oh, you know, Phillies actually pretty good this year. They got some talent. They got some young guys who are pretty good, and just never watched them. Nope, I, uh, I watched, I think, two innings by accident of the Phillies this year. Yeah, I, I caught a couple games when they played the Cardinals, but I I wasn't really watching that intently. Um, but it seems like they got some young guys who are back to being good. I mean, I, you know, I'm not necessarily, I'm never going to feel bad for the Phillies after, well, it, do you feel like those Phillies teams in the late, Aughts. Um, do you think they're going to end up like really severely historically underrated? Um, I think they might be appropriately rated, and this is what I think. But I think there's going to be. I think they're in some ways they're overrated. I think they were very prominent in the major market, and they had some really sort of really really popular players at the time. But also, I think when you go down the line and just look at the depth of it of their teams, it was quite impressive. So. I think they're appropriately rated. I think they're going to be considered, you know, one of the better 
you know, so when when was their run? I'm trying to place. It was like it was like '07 or '08 was the first year, and it ran through 2011. Um, Yeah, and I mean, if you look at the pitchers that came through, I mean, you had Halliday, Cole Hamels was great. Hap was great for a year. Cliff Lee. Yeah, Cliff Lee Um, too. They were they were they were great, and you know, Ryan Howard was hitting 55 home runs, and Chase Utley was, you know, they they were they were awesome. Jimmy Rollins won an MVP for them. They had like that's three right. MVP guys on that team. That's right. Uh, but I, I mean, do we? I don't think you consider them as you know an all-time great team. I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking of like the best teams I've seen in my lifetime. I, I mean, I think this Astros team, and we still have to see where they end up. But I think this Astros team is probably going to end up the yeah. best that I've seen to this point. But yeah, this Astros and this and this Red Sox team is pretty good. Right. I mean, the Red Sox team is going to be around for a while because all the talent is so young. Um, but, I mean, you just, I mean that Phillies team from, like, 08 through 2011, they're a four-year stretch where they were the best team at pretty much every year. The Giants, though, had a good run after that. And um, those teams, were, their pitching depth was, was insane. And their, and their defense was, was just phenomenal. And they, and they had just a unique lineup that could hit, you know, those Giants teams that won about three World Series. So see, that's why, like, that's where I think that I think the Phillies are going to get underrated. Is that I think that, like, uh, historically speaking, a lot of people are going to say that those Giants teams, like, overall were better because they won those World Series. But they alternated. It was like they were great, and then they would be shit, and then they'd yeah, be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, I mean, some of those years they weren't even good in the regular season, and then just got hot in the postseason and won. Um, but that's a very base. That's that, that happens a lot. In baseball. Right, so you got to give them some credit. Baseball is a momentum sport. For example, in the NBA, you have a seven-game series. Like nine and a half times out of ten, the best team wins the series because the margin for error. There's, you know, it, it pretty much eventually the best team is going to win. But in baseball, you get a you get a hot stretch. Well, and you, your best players can't affect things as much. Um, exactly. But it's like, because like the Phillies, I think, in argument, like they were without question the best team in 2011. Not even close. But, yeah, probably. But the Cardinals kind of got lucky and beat them, and Ryan Howard got hurt last out of that series. And it was a five-game series. I think it's, if it's a seven-game series and Ryan Howard doesn't get hurt game five, no doubt in my mind the Phillies hold on and beat the Cardinals. Like The Cardinals were not the best team in 2011, and they won. And that's cool. I'm, I'm glad it happened. But because of that, the Phillies ended up super underrated. Yeah, that's true. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll accept that. I think, I think they're, they're definitely going to be remembered as one of the, they're having one of the better runs in recent memory. Right. So to wrap up the baseball thing, because that, that got off the rails in a good way, <laughs> definitely in a good yeah. way. Um, like we should do some more like baseball pods where we just like look at stats and discover things for the first time. That's the great thing about baseball is because you have this, um, and this is true in all sports, but baseball especially, so you, you, you have this visual experience of watching the game, and your eyes tell you that you're seeing a certain thing, but to really determine a lot of, for example, who's the best baseball player and, and who has the most impact, you really numbers really are the best indicator. Um, of, of any sport I can think of, numbers are the best indicator of who's really performing well in baseball. Yeah, I would almost, I would almost say with baseball that you almost become less smart about it the more you watch. 
You mean the more you watch without observing, without diving into the stats? Right. Like I said, I almost, like I almost feel like you can get tricked by by your eyes with baseball more than other sports. Absolutely. Definitely. Um. That's why old baseball announcers are the crappiest. Yeah. Well, I just like you get around. You get around some of these old timey baseball fans, and it's just right. like. Anytime I see an old school baseball fan suggest that, like, they, they will, okay, we need to get a fast guy. We need a faster player who could get a steal right here. Right. We need a, we need a good, uh, good guy who can come in a pinch running situation. Like, stealing bases is trash. There's no need to well, do it. There's value to it, but the value is over, is, is over, is, is overinflated. Right. Um, well, and the idea that, like, you're going to, have a guy lead off just yeah, because he's fast. He's fast, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's like, why don't you? I mean, this, why don't every analytic says, you know, your, your lineup doesn't matter, and in fact, all you need uh, to do is just put your best player. Just you need to do one through nine. Your nine best hitters, best hitter, yeah. second best hitter, third best it's hitter. He was the best on base guy in the league for many years, and he was always hitting three, but he was never a power hitter, and he was never an RBI hitter. He was like, him number one. He'll I mean, get on base. Even four if he is a power hitter, though. Four out of ten. No, he's not. But I'm, saying, but I'm saying, even if he was, like, that shouldn't uh, stop you from batting him first, because, like, he's only batting, you're only guaranteed to have him lead off the inning once. It's true. And you're also giving him 50 more bats a year than he would if you were if he was sitting second or third. Exactly. I mean, and that's the you big thing. You want him to have 50 more bats a year. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that. Yeah, if I can get Albert Pujols 50 more at bats, you know, I guess, I guess David Eckstein could suffer. David Eckstein will just have to move down the lineup. Uh, and David Eckstein, I forgot about him. World Series MVP, David world Eckstein. MVP, David Eckstein. What a world. It does feel weird to me that like you have playoff baseball games during the day. And I like I like, I like that. that. I like that. I like baseball played in the day, but it also just feels weird that it's a postseason game. Right. It just it's 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 not the typical thing that we we, we associate. It, it feels it feels abnormal. Right. Like. Well, it's also kind of well. I guess part of it's because you can't you have to adjust to the West Coast schedule, but like. Right. The, the fact that the Astros and. Indians are the first game today at like one o'clock local time. That's, I mean, that should be game of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, let's move on to these GM surveys because I can, love these GM surveys. I I spent too much time on this today. I'm gonna say because I think we definitely stretched out. We definitely stretched out my baseball knowledge. Yeah, we we uh we uh we liked that. Uh, we liked it out. We really liked out a single into a double out of that. Yeah, you know, just some hard running on the baseline. Yeah, it was we good read, good read, and we uh, we got an extra base. Yeah. So uh, what what were the so the GM survey? What are the questions that happen happened here? Okay, I, I didn't so look at it. John Schumann, shout out to John Schumann, does this every year. Um, he asks, I'm going to read. He asks, um, how many questions? Okay. They they responded to 49 different questions about the best teams, players, coaches, fans, and off season moves. General managers were not permitted to vote for their own team or personnel. Percentages okay. are based on the pool of respondents to that particular question rather than all 30 GMs. Show just a little bit of a background. 
So, I, will, I think, I feel it's necessary, there's a lot of questions, I feel like we need to go over the highlights. Um, and then, depending on, I think, the compelling nature of the question, we can linger. But the first question was, which team will win the 2019 NBA Finals? I think we don't have to linger too much on that. 87% of GMs said, the Kings. said Golden State. Oh, okay, we we got the we were differing on our Northern California teams here. Uh, really? Well, I said the Kings. I mean, was it not eighty-seven oh, right. percent of the I mean, one said the Kings? I, I think I think the I think you know I think the Kings are a sleeper, you know. So <laughs> no, so Boston and Houston also came in at set with seven uh, percent, and those are really I think the only teams that we can envision winning the NBA Finals. If you have any. Do so, you think Golden State has a chance to not win the finals? So it'd be Bo- no. so it was thirteen percent. So Boston and Houston both got like seven, six Split and a half. Percent. The remaining like fourteen percent. They both got seven percent. Okay. Um, uh, I, I can't see Houston. I just I, I don't see no. it. Nope. I mean I, I thought they had their chance last year and just I don't know. Call me a hater. I'm just not buying Chris Paul at this stage in his career as the second best player on a championship team in a loaded league. Not in this league. Maybe like '09. Yeah, maybe like, and it, you know, in the era when like Dwight Howard can be the best player on a championship yeah, when, team. When like Hito Turkoglu is the third best player on a championship team, maybe Chris Paul. Second best player, you mean? Was he the second best player? Hito um, was taking all the big shots. Richard Lewis, man. Richard Lewis was. Yeah, I get debatable. Yeah, um, that's such a ridiculous debate, though. Let's not have it. I mean, I think Boston is a. If I'm taking anyone besides Golden State, it's Boston, and I'm not even thinking twice about it. No doubt, absolutely. Be- I totally agree. But to what extent do you think Boston has a legitimate chance of winning? Oh, I mean, I think it's very real. I mean, because you're looking at right now, this Patrick McCaw drama is a little underplayed. But you gotta have Patty McCaw if you want to be a championship. But I mean, Patrick McCall has like a huge cog in their depth. Because you look at the Warriors last year, they were in a very pre- precocious, I mean, precarious position with their depth in the conference finals for a little like bit. We're doing this, I feel like we're doing this thing where we're, we're, we're trying to find a, a little reason to go against something that has just become such a norm. Like, Golden State is clearly the best team, regardless. I think Patrick McCall would be nice, but at the end of the day, they also added Boogie Cousins. Right, but I mean, like, we don't know how how much Boogie can play, and if, I mean, you're talking about like we're ignoring. Like Boogie Cousins, one leg is better than the centers that they've had their entire run, except maybe that one year with Boogie it was nice. Right, but I mean, you're acting like um, you're acting like Curry hasn't gotten hurt like three of the last four postseasons. Like, but also, I have to people on the Celtics are hurt all the time. We can make that same hypothetical argument. Right, but I'm saying that, like, if the Warriors, like, if, like, Curry gets hurt again, then, like, that's something we have to seriously consider. Yeah, but, okay, but, okay. And I think, like, the Celtics' Celtics depth is just so freaking absurd. Like, we're taking the same team from last year. If if you took all the same players from last year and moved it to this year, they're going to take a step up because you expect Tatum and you expect Brown to yeah. improve year over year. Um, but then you're adding, but then you're taking Terry Rozier and you're making him a backup point guard behind Kyrie Irving. Hey, arguably... And, and Marcus Smart is, is, is a pretty damn good rotation player. 
Marcus Smart. Um, Marcus Smart, yes. I mean, Kyrie, like outside of Steph, is the is the second best uh, scoring point guard in the league. And then you're adding Gordon Hayward on top of that too. I mean, that rotation is ridiculous. Not according to NBA DMs, he's not. Um. Yeah, I. I'm thinking like, if it's not Golden State or Boston, I guess you got to go Houston. But part of me wants to say Toronto. Yes, I think if Toronto adds another really significant player. They're an interesting. I would actually vote them ahead of Houston. Um, I just think, because I think that the, the, their ascent to the finals will be will be clear. I think Houston just absolutely has to go through Golden State, and also I think there are several teams in the West this year, and I think Utah is one of them um, that could actually knock them out. Right, Houston, not Golden State. Right, um, maybe the Pelicans could. Maybe the Pelicans, right? So there are, and, and I think in the East, once I mean, I am not as I think Philly's going to be really good, but I don't consider. So, <coughs> no, I, at this juncture, I'm not quite on Philly as a con- contender unless, well, unless like Simmons becomes like a unless good three point shooter, which is just not going to happen. Unless he's LeBron James. Right. Well, and there's also, the, I think the Lakers would have to be one of the five, like four or five teams I would pick to win the title because you um, have LeBron. So I mean, it's, it's interesting. So the Western Conference GMs had the Lakers coming in at the, at the fifth seed. So they're behind, uh, like, Golden State, Houston, Oklahoma Houston, City. Oklahoma City, way, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think Oklahoma City is the third seed. And then you have Utah as four. Oh, hell no. I Hell no. I, I think Utah's great. I, I like Utah, but you're telling me that, like, you're taking Donovan Mitchell over LeBron? No, it's not about that. I just, I really don't like the, the, the Lakers additions outside of LeBron. I mean, they're still, like, they're not that bad. No, but they're not, they're kind of awkward. And, like, it's antithetical to everything we know about how you need to surround LeBron James. But isn't it also, like, the idea that, like, we, we keep talking about, the, the the idea for the past, like, decade or so has been, all right, surround LeBron with shooters. Surround right. him with shooters. But what did he say last year? He kept talking about, like, he wanted someone else to handle the ball to take some pressure off of him, which is what he lost when they lost when they lost Kyrie Irving. And okay. so now you got Lonzo, Rondo. I love that those rhyme, and I'm going to keep rhyming yeah, them great. all year. It's Lonzo, solid. Solid. Rondo, Stevenson, all those guys can handle the ball and take the pressure off of LeBron, and that makes him I, better. I just I don't I don't think that they have enough, and I think okay, look, it's, it's we're arguing a minor. Utah is the Utah or the Lakers, but um, I really do. I mean, I really want to. I believe in the structure that Utah has. I believe. I think chemistry matters. Utah maybe has the best chemistry, and I really think that their their construction of their team is great. And I think that again, this is a presumption that Donovan Mitchell takes a leap. Obviously, so if Donovan Mitchell doesn't take a leap, obviously the Lakers are a better team. I just don't know. Well, what, done. I just don't know how much of a leap he has to make, and that's. A, that's a fair point. That's actually a, a, an opinion that uh, many NBA people seem to be having. That yes, Donovan Mitchell's great, but what is his ceiling? Right. I mean, I don't. How many more leagues does he have? I mean, and let's just be real about. It. I mean, if he, if all he is is what he is right now, that's a great player to have. That's awesome. You would love to have that player. Yeah, absolutely. 
But I don't love having Joe Ingles as my third best player. Maybe four. How dare you? Or is Derek Favors still on there? Uh, yes. So how, Favors would be... How dare you slander Joe Ingles? Sorry, Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles is great. Um, no, I get that. I, I, think that's, I think that's fair. But I think we can all agree that the Warriors are the heavy favorites. Yeah, I mean, if everything, if everything hits, like if Boogie hits, no injuries, this could be the if best Boogie team. Boogie hits, that, that thing's open. I mean, if Boogie hits, like they could be the best team of all time. Because that, that pick and roll thing, the big, the big bugaboo for them was this pick and roll when you'd have a guy popping to the top of the, the, top of the key and you were giving the ball to Sosa Petrullia, but now you're giving the ball to Boogie Cousins. Right, Boogie can actually kind of shoot that he showed us in New Orleans. Boogie, um, yeah, and, and not even that, he's, he's a great... Um, face first player, and he, he, he's he's not only a good low post back to the basket player, but he's also a good face up player. Right. And he's just he's a nightmare when it comes to pick and roll. And for a team that was already had you know a Curry Durant pick and roll combination, imagine a, a Curry or a Durant and Boogie pick and roll. It's just it's ridiculous. Right. I, I I'm not gonna bat. I I wasn't joking when I talked about those injury concerns though. I mean, it's it's, le- it's legit. I do, but if we're gonna talk about that, we have to we have to be fair and talk about Boston's injury concerns, right? Which I think are just as relevant. I don't, they're not just as relevant because Gordon Hay- Gordon Hayward is not as liable to get hurt no, as Andre Iguodala is. Unless you don't think Kyrie is that essential. I I, well, I don't think Kyrie is as essential as Steph Curry is. I'm I, not gonna say that. But I mean, we're talking about like we have to. I mean, we're projecting Boogie being healthy after an injury that historically... Honestly, I don't... If, even if Boogie's not healthy, even if Boogie wasn't even on the team, I'd still say they are the heavy favorites. Right. So they, they are regardless. But, I mean, it, we're like... It's not that crazy to think they could end up with a rotation of like six guys in the playoffs. If like Curry and Iguodala get hurt again and Boogie doesn't come back... Sure. Okay, so if all those guys get hurt, um, well, it's something to monitor. It's something to monitor, but as... Stand right now. I'm uh, I'm aggressively in the camp of Gold State. Okay. Reed Foster, who will win the 2018-2019 MVP? MVP. Yeah. I'm gonna go one Giannis Antetokounmpo. By the way, I'm gonna ask you these questions, and then you will give me the answer, and then I will give you the NBA survey's answer. Okay. I'm gonna say, yeah, Giannis so, Antetokounmpo. He shot. So, I think Giannis, he shot. 30% from three last year. His shot looks in the preseason looks very smooth. And I think... Giannis has been in the weight room too. Been in the weight room. And I love Mike Budenholzer as a coach. And they've got... Nice. They went from straight garbage. Just absolutely nothing. Nothing with Jason Kidd and then Joe Prunty. Who ironically, Joe Prunty is so unmemorable. He's extremely yeah. memorable. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, yep, and uh, Jason Kidd was a great player, bad coach. So, the 2019 MVP, according to the, the GM. Number two, Anthony Davis, by the way. I want to get that in. Yes, give me your top three. So, Giannis, Giannis, Anthony Davis, one, two. I feel very good about those two as one, two. And then, number three, number three, I'm going with, you waiting for this? You ready for this? I'm going with Kyrie Irving. Nice. Uh, I like it. So the top three, um, according to MBGMs, are LeBron James, okay, Kevin Durant, and Anthony Davis. Giannis came in fifth. 
I the thing is, is that like this is not a me picking like Giannis and Anthony Davis to win is not me thinking oh Giannis is the best player in the league. No, no, definitely Davis. not. They're, they're, they're definitely not. And I think this is very interesting because if you read this order from the NBA GMs, it goes James Durant, Davis, Harden, Giannis, and that kind of reads like a top five list. <laughs> Right, but minus Curry. It's kind of your interpretation of like what the yeah minus Curry. It kind of reads of what your interpretation, I guess, is of the MVP. Is the MVP the best player, or you know? The thing is, I I I feel like like it's the MVP is more of a narrative award than people want to give it credit for. It, especially in the NBA, it's a narrative award, one hundred percent. Um, I mean, Russell Westbrook doesn't win two years ago if not for the narrative. No, I mean that was an all. Um, Derek Rose's was a narrative, although he was great that year. LeBron's, oh, it was easily narrative because like don't well, no one was going to give it to LeBron that year. But that was also the Jordan sort of syndrome, where it was like Jordan and LeBron could have won the MVP every year. But. Yeah, I mean, like Simmons went through in his book, and like Jordan should have been should have won MVP like nine times, maybe yeah, ten. Exactly. LeBron should have more than four MVPs. Um, yeah, I mean, you're just you're being dumb. LeBron should have Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, two years ago, I wouldn't have given it to him because, like, no. he just didn't play defense, but... But last year was... Um, was, was remarkable. Um, if you were starting a franchise today and could sign any player in the NBA, who would it be? Um, how long is the franchise going to be around? We're assuming for a long time. <laughs> Let's just assume... Uh, Okay, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. Anthony Davis too. Um, um. Number three, I'm going to go with. Um, oh man. Going to lean. Jason Tatum. Wow, okay, so the first two, you agree with the NBA GMs. The third was KD. Number four, LeBron James. Five, Steph Curry. Six, Joel Embiid. Um, I do have to make a note that last year, Carl Anthony Towns was overwhelming favorites. And right. now he's not even, not, he's not even receiving a vote. Yeah, well. So that's, uh, that's all the sort of depressing Timberwolves content I think we have for today. Right, well, I mean, it's just, let's just face it. It was revealed last year that Carl Anthony Towns is a little bitch boy. <laughs> Car- <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns does not like to play defense. Um, and then, therefore, he is not very good at it, which is pretty much half of the basketball game. Most, yeah. And, uh, you know, sort of impacts. I, I, I think Kevin Durant's fair because he is the type of game where. There's no reason to think he shouldn't continue to be like a top ten player for another like no, seven I, I think years. I think I think they got it right. I don't think there's really much to say say about this. Um, um, and again, I, I'm going to try to skip through questions. Although I do have to say, I think we're going to come to a disagreement on one of these questions down here, and it's which player is most likely to have a breakout season in 2018 and 2019. I love who the NBA GMs pick. I do not think you are going to love who the NBA GMs pick. Oh no. It's definitely going to be some tiny ass guard or Joe Ingles. Yep. It's gonna no. It's Joe Ingles now. It's gonna be some. It's tiny ass guard though. Uh 
Well, it's probably not Kemba because he's already universally it's renowned as the top Kemba, three player. Um, no. <laughs> um, who is going right, I'm going to say who I think it should be and then who it's going to be. Sure. Um, oh, wow, this is hard. It's a pretty difficult question. Um, you know who I think is going to emerge this year? is I think that OG Ananobi... Playing it's alongside Kawhi is going to emerge. Even get a vote, man. This is bullshit. Kelly Oubre Jr. and Josh Richardson got votes, along with Dennis Smith Jr. here, and Markel Fultz, but no OG Ananobi. I like um, Josh Richardson, and I like Kelly Oubre on the Wizards. I want him on the Wolves. Um, wait, who was the, who was the other one? Markel Fultz? Yeah. Well, Fultz, I mean, Fultz hit a three. He's shooting Fultz threes. Did. He's shooting 25% from three, man. He took four threes in a game. And he's going to yeah, start. I made one of them. It was, it was apparently, it was... Oh, and last year, guess what? Last year, the highest uh, receiving vote, the vote getter, was Carl Hintown. Wow. Wow. Okay, are you ready for number one? I love it. But I okay. Jamal Murray, Denver. No. Yeah, love it. I guess I can see it. Before, I love... Okay, first of all, I need to say, I am a big fan of Jamal Murray. I'm, I'm admittedly biased towards Kentucky guys. For no, I mean, for no, like, sort of fan affiliation. I just think they do really well in the pros. And I think Jamal Murray is, you know, he's, I think he's, he's the type of guard. Um, I don't think he'll be as good as Kyrie Irving, but he's the type of guy who can score. He can, he can play off the ball and shoot. I think his defense is passable enough that you can put him on the court. I think he's going to be an incredibly valuable player. He will be a borderline all-star player, I think, most of his career. I is tell me if you think this is a hot take. Okay. I think that the Nuggets are maybe like the most fun team to watch on League Pass, just with their style of play, like running through Jokic. They're like oh, not a hot take. I think moving. that's a. I think I think that's a solid take. Oh, I uh, I love watching the Nuggets. That's not the hot take. Oh, okay. So I think like. And I think most basketball people agree with me. Like, they're so much fun to watch. Right. But I think because of that, I think we kind of overrate their players because we like to watch it. Even though I just – I mean, part of it is just like like Jokic, you get like these NBA people who just will not accept the idea that Jokic is not a top 15 player. Just check top 15. There's people who are standing on him on the internet for like a top five player. Right, and it's like, well, you know, the way he, he's so infectious, he makes everyone else pass the ball. He's so good. He's so good. The whole team's great. They were really, if they were that great, they would have won the, the game. They would have made the playoffs if they were that good. <laughs> they would the Wolves at, right. all, at, at the target zone. Right. You know, if Jokic was so good, then, like, he'd be able to, like, play by some By the way, defense. I think Jokic is great. I think Jokic is great, by the way. Right. I, I, I like Jokic a lot, but he's, I mean, he's a defensive liability. And I, oh, I, so I went to a game where it was Jokic versus um, Towns at Target Center, and each dropped like thirty-five on each other, and it was this like the most. It was it was all offense, and then literally it was like who would get enough possessions to score on the other guy the most. Right, and it's, I mean Jokic like the way he impacts the other guys on offense is pretty incredible. Um, he's a he's a phenomenal player, and I, but I, I really do I really think Jamal Murray is is the type of player that will that. Um, is going to be just incredibly valuable and will succeed. 
And the other players they had were Ingram, Tatum, Gordon from Orlando, Kuzma, Lowry Markkinen's on this list, DeJounte Murray's on this list. Ooh. Um, Let me... Yeah. So, quick point to wrap up on Murray. I think, like, the yeah. reason why I, I can see this being the... The reason why I can see that answer being right is because I'm not... I don't think Jokic can be a go-to scorer late on a consistent basis. And I think the Nuggets ultimately are going to want Murray to be their go-to guy down the stretch. Mm -hmm. Um, Guy I just realized I think is going to be... I think he's going to be an incredible coming-out-of-nowhere season. Julius Randle playing next to Anthony Davis. I think that's a perfect fit. And the fact that they got him for so little... I think he, he's going to want to prove himself. Here. Right. I mean, it's either like a one- or a two-year deal, so like... It's a two-year, two-year, $18 million deal. Okay, yeah. So he's going to want to prove himself so he can get himself back on the market and make a lot of money because this is a big opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And I think two years is about the window you have with Anthony Davis anyway. I don't, I couldn't see him signing a four-year deal. I don't, I don't see why anyone would sign a four-year deal with the Orleans. Right. Unless they just offered you an absurd amount of money. But two years, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a good... That's good. It's not of the radar one. I, Tatum, obviously, that, that's the guy. I mean, he's Tatum's going to be incredible. I'm trying to think of an under the radar one. Um, uh, you know, I don't know. I have to come back to this. It's uh, it's it's interesting. I'm just looking at the names. I could see. Um, I could definitely see a player like Lowry marketing rocketing up. I think he's really. You think he's really good? I think he has. Um, a good situation around him. And I so, think. Mo- mm. Well, I say I think Markinen and Gordon are in kind of Gordon, Aaron Gordon in Orlando are some yeah. somewhat in similar situations where yeah. both of them have big guys coming in from the draft. Wendell Carter in Chicago and Mo Bamba in Orlando that will allow those guys to operate a little more freely, not having to worry about being rim protectors and being like getting all those rebounds. Which I think will be I think will be beneficial for Markinen and for Gordon this season. Right, I think that yeah, that's a good point. Um, moving on, so they ask who's so they go position by position, so conventionally five positions, and they ask who will be, for example, who will be the best point guard, or who is the best point guard, who is the best shooting guard, small forward, power forward, and center. Um, so if you had to pick a top five lineup by position in the NBA, what would it be? Starting with point guard, who's the best point guard in the NBA? Um, all right, to cheat, I will say I. This is the only part of the GM survey I saw. <laughs> okay. I saw that LeBron was like small forward and power forward. No, Anthony Davis was best power forward and center, but LeBron was the best small forward, second best power forward, and. Um, Okay. But Anthony Davis was the best center and power forward in the NBA. Okay. Well, According I can, to the NBA GMs. I can agree with that. Um, if I'm, I can too. If I'm making my own team, uh, my team would have Anthony Davis as a center, uh, Kevin Durant as power forward, LeBron right. as small forward, Steph Curry as shooting guard, I mean as point guard, and... Um, James Harden, shooting guard? I was going to say... Clay Thompson, actually, but yeah, James, we'll, Har- 
We'll yeah, put James Harden I mean, I there. Think, I think if we're constructing a team with that, maybe you don't want the ball handlers. But I think just in terms of who is the best shooting guard, right? I think it's undoubtedly James Harden. Yeah, I mean, I, I think at this point Harden is a point guard, but I, I think it's right. it's lucid enough where you could say it's fluid enough where you could say, yeah, he's a shooting guard. He could do that fine. So yeah, it, it'd be Curry, Harden, LeBron, Durant, Davis. Okay. Now, what would you go? Would you agree with that, or are you? Oh, going? okay. So I'm thinking about this. Yeah. So I, I would go Curry number one. I, I'm big. I think. I think. I. I think it'd be Curry number one. Do you know what? I, I hate to be really boring, but I, I would actually do the exact same as you did. Um. I would have KD at the three and LeBron at the four. Oh. I flip it. Just because of the muscle. Just actually from the stage of the career, I think Durant is more useful as a, as a as a small forward. Also, specifically on the defensive end, I think I think I'd rather have Durant in the three defensive position. Uh, I can I think, see that. I think he's a better perimeter defender right now than LeBron. Right, but I also think that like I think if you have Durant and Davis down low, one of them is going to be able to swat off ball, which is going to lead to so many blocks. I mean, that, I mean, that team would be insane. I mean, if we're hypothetically talking about that team, we'd be... But I, I think, I mean, that top five, I think, in theory, is is also my top five in the NBA. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, that's sort of how I would rank the top five players in the NBA. I like how we're, like... Not. Yeah, I like how I'm, like, diving into strategy. Like, how am I going to win with LeBron and Kevin Durant? How am I going to win? <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, how are we going to... You know, how is Anthony Davis going to get... This team would be insane. Um, but I guess, like... So Maybe you're only having that team if you're going up against like the Monstars and the future of Earth depends on it. In which case, the strategy yeah. might be necessary. The strategy might be necessary, but we can get into sort of defensive rotation if they're playing that team. Right. Um, I'm trying to think. So some of these questions aren't as interesting. I'm trying to find... Uh, ooh, I kind of like this question. Hold on. Let me go back to it. Which team will be the most improved in 2019, 2018, 2019? I think this is kind of... Maybe this is actually an easy question. Um, Let me look at the standings. I mean, the the answer is probably the Lakers. It's the Lakers. I mean, 80% of the Lakers. Last year, 70% of the Timberwolves. Yeah, so I mean, the Timberwolves were very improved. Um, Let me check this. That's true, they were. They were. That's true. I... Hold on, I'm checking these standings. Because I got a bold, bold, bold take. Yes. I also have a bold take, too. Um, okay. I think the answer, I think the team for that's going to... conference, I have a bold take. For each conference, you have one? Yeah, I mean, they're not, I wouldn't say they're piping hot takes, but they're warm. Okay, all right. My, my, you know, lukewarm take is that I think that in line with my MVP pick, the Milwaukee Bucks win more than 55 games after winning Whoa, 44. Okay, that, 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 take, that take would burn you if you tried to take it out of the oven. 44 wins last year. I think Budenholzer, I think they win 55 next year. They're too talented not to. And I think the East That's... is not as deep as it was yeah. last year. Okay. And... Uh... That, that's that my. That, that's like an eight out of ten hot take. Well, fifty-five wins is is, is a hot take. Okay, so that, that's it's hotter than I thought it was, which is good. It's pretty hot. I mean, I think I think Milwaukee could be anywhere from a three or four seed, but I don't. Fifty-five wins is. 
I think like I think next year the East. I think this year the East is is very top heavy, because why? I think it's, yeah, top four, top four. Right. Like I think Toronto, Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, and everyone else. Indiana's going to be pretty good. Um, Maybe Washington. Maybe. It, like Indiana, Miami, Washington, all in that like forty-two to forty-seven win range. Um, Fifty-five is just a lot of games. Right. I I think they're going to. It's maybe not an eight out of ten. It's definitely a solid seven. I just think they're going to have a lot of wins feasting on, like, the Detroits, the Charlottes, the New Yorks, the Brooklyns, Chicago, Orlando, Atlanta. They, a lot of wins. There's and, a lot of bad teams in the East. And we saw Very it. on brand. Um, and my other hot take is I think the Suns get to at least 34 wins. That is a hotter take. I don't think the Suns are good at all. Wow. I don't see them winning. I mean, I think Devin Booker's fine. I like him. I get, I get him in theory. I think he's. I don't think he provides much of an impact. I think Aiden could be pretty good. I think Trevor Ariza is nice, but he doesn't. He doesn't give you wins on a bad team. I see them winning like twenty-seven games, twenty-six games. Is it because they still just don't have a point guard? They just are not good. They don't. They, they, they like they lack good NBA players. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's a problem. They're bad, and they're in a great conference. I think that like I think Booker and like I'm going to I'm gonna I'm gonna go from 34 to 32, 32 wins. Okay. Still hot. I don't see them winning above 30. Again, they don't have good players on their team, and that's kind of important if you want to be good in the NBA. I think Michael Bridges is going to be nice, nice little player. Josh Jackson taking a step up. Okay. Okay. I will. I will. I don't know, next time I see you, you owe me a dinner if they went over, if they, if they, we'll, we'll bet on it. How about we'll do I that? will bet a dinner on, all right, what, what's your team? What, what's oh, your, what's yes, your scorching takes? takes? Yes, these are good. These are good. Okay. Hot take number one, it's not nearly as hot of a take, but I think that the Indiana Pacers will win 50 games. Ooh, that is scorching. That's not scorching. scorching. I, don't be, I don't see that to be a scorching hot take. I think they won 47 games last year. 48. 48? Come on, it's, two, it's a two-win improvement. And, by the way, Miles Turner was out more of, almost all of last year. Right, I, I think Miles Turner like is going to be an improved player. I like Miles Turner, but I also just don't think that, like, I still am not a huge fan of that lineup. Like, Oladipo, I think, is con- going to continue to be great, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, but they know. have an interesting lineup, for example, and again, this is something that Zach Lowe talked about in his podcast with Kevin Ardowitz, and you'd think these two opinions that I'm giving, he actually agrees with, but I was, I was actually thinking about them for the last couple of weeks, um, because this is what I do in my spare time. But um, I really, I mean, look, I think they have a really interesting lineup where they sort of, and he mentions this, they can sort of go without a point guard, so, so they got Tyreek Evans, they have... Um, they have Oladipo, and they can run out these big guard lineups, and they can run out sort of like this really sort of switch-heavy line. I think they can run out really unique lineups. And I think they can feast on these bottom teams. So I think like your sort of argument with Milwaukee is they can, they can accumulate wins against bottom-feeding teams. And, they, and they, they play incredibly hard, and as you've seen, as I've just seen firsthand with Thibodeau teams, is that translates to regular season wins. It, it might not translate to Postseason wins, but it, it translates to they, they have all the makings of a good regular season team that will lose in the first round. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think that's like a crazy take. I just don't. It's not. That's what, my second take is much crazier. 
See, I just I don't think that like Indiana. I think Indiana overachieved to get to forty eight wins last year. So I think that like. That's fair. So you you have to suppose that they're gonna they're gonna continue on this sort of that. But again, it's not it's not it's not supposing some sort of massive growth. And also, again, Miles Turner is arguably well, no, he's clearly their second best player. Yeah. Um, and he was he missed most of last year. He's he's great. Right, so I, I think they're going to be in the same win. I think they're going to be a better team, but maybe the record doesn't show it. Because I, I still hate I hate their shot selection. They take so many mid-range shots. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Nate McMillan, but I don't know, 50 wins is the two-win improvement. I, um, my next take, again, this was another take that was, I think, shared with Zach Lowe, who knows intimately more about basketball than I do. But I actually, I've been sitting on this for a while. I think the Utah Jazz are going to be the second seed in the West. Oh my God, man! Yeah. Oh that's, no. That's hot. No, that's, no, no. There's, there's the hot one. No, hot no, one. no, no, no. Yep. Oh my God, man! Yeah. We got to get you to the burn unit. I know that was that's a full ten, um, but I'm on it. That's my I'm 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 ready to be wrong about that. But, well, um, it's a good thing that you're ready because it's coming. Because <laughs> it's coming, right? The only team I can see, for example, I think they're going to be a better team than Oklahoma City. I guess it's supposed. I guess I have to suppose that Houston's going to take a huge dip. Supposing I'm a, supposing. Yeah. I uh, mean, this is a hot take for a reason. I wouldn't bet any money on it unless right. the odds were ridiculous. Right. And, uh, that's my that's my hot take. I'm, I'm serving it up. I do. I really believe in Utah. I believe in their depth. I believe in their coaching. I believe in the amalgam of players that they have. Just I believe in. I think that they sort of fit the hierarchy of needs. Right. They have a. They have a singular, you know, they have an incredibly defense. They have good defense from on from at their point guard and their five position. They have really, I mean, they have a like an like a potentially transcendent individual player and phenomenal role players that know what they need to do and they do it. Yeah, I mean, what do you call it? Their, I mean, their numbers last year when Gobert came back for the second half of the season Insane. were unreal defensively. And you can't take that and away. Also, other offense efficiency is quite impressive, and they have really good role players who can hit threes and play defense. Like they're, they again, I don't know how they will do in the playoffs, but they have all the makings of a team that wins fifty-five games. Right? Is it? I I'm feel like. Opinion. Join me in this opinion. I don't find. I mean, it's a hot take for sure. It's not as hot as now that I'm thinking about it because everything's going to be kind of clustered in the West. Yeah, um, they have all the makings of a team that you know probably doesn't make it to the Western Conference Finals, and I'm sure as hell not saying that. Right, they have I'm a team that can that can win 55 shit, maybe even 60 games. I'm trying to think about what Jazz artist Utah compares to this year, um, since they uh, are the Utah Jazz, because like, I'm thinking like their style is more like some chopped and screwed shit, like but that's but that's Houston, unfortunately. So that's it doesn't apply, which. I, I'm not the I'm not the right person. I'm, I'm, the floor is yours. I'm in this. You're not so, jazz guy. Um, I'm not not an anti jazz guy. I just have no knowledge of it. No, it sounds like you're anti jazz. Um, yeah, that's the that's the take to to come out with. Yeah, I mean they they just yeah. I, I guess I just don't want. I don't think it's it's not crazy. I'm not I'm gonna not gonna rule it out as crazy because again I think Houston's gonna take a a notable step back. And I just don't believe Oklahoma City is going to be as good as people think they are. So who's left? Who's going to contend? Unless even the Lakers are going to be the second seed. I don't think Portland's going to be that great. No, I don't think them. San Antonio. I don't think Denver. So who's left? If Houston takes a step back, who's left? New Orleans, maybe. 
Let, let's look at this. I'm going to look at this Pelicans uh, roster again to make sure I'm not crazy for suggesting this. But I don't see the Pelicans becoming a top three seed, do you? I mean, probably not, but I mean, do, do you think it's crazy that... It's just, I mean, I thought in the playoffs last year in the West, the Pelicans, I mean, they gave Golden State a run for their money. I thought... I thought the Pelicans were the third best team in the Western Conference playoffs last year. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I, Utah gave Houston a pretty nice run, in, in fairness to them as well. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, I, don't, I think New Orleans got a nice little roster next to Anthony Davis, and I like Alvin Gentry as a coach a lot. Um, Jaleel Okafor, I think he already got hurt, so that kind of hurts my argument. Um Honestly, I don't. I wouldn't pick them to do that, but I don't think it's insane that New Orleans, after they figured some stuff out, building all around Anthony Davis, because they they were better last year without Boogie as the second guy. Yep. yep. Um. But I, you yes, know, but I don't see them as like a top three seed. I think they they could they're anywhere from the, you know the, the four to seven range. Right. I I think that all those. I think like Houston. OKC, Utah, Lakers, Pelicans are all in that like fifty to sixty win range, and probably, right. probably closer to like the uh, more like fifty to like fifty six win range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to find um, another compelling question for you. Um, there, there's you know who will be who who will be the rookie of the year? Blah blah blah. Um, ooh, interesting question. Who do you think the best coach in the NBA is? Um, I mean, is it really that hard? I mean, the, the only difficulty is like, are you like a Popovich guy or like a Brad Stevens guy? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's those are the two top coaches. It was Stevens number one. See, I don't. I feel like we're going a little. I don't yeah. know that. I don't think that's fair to Popovich. It's not. I mean, what did he do last year? To warrant, I mean, what? I mean, it's not that compelling of a question because it's, it's a really, really difficult question to, um, I guess, answer. But um, well, I mean, also like at a I certain, have, like at a certain point, everyone last year was praising how talented Boston's roster was, and I think those are valid. Uh, it was valid praise. But if you're doing that, then you're inherently acknowledging that the coaching job that Brad Stevens did is not as impressive as you think it is, as you're making it out to be. And it, and this is not to say it, was a, it wasn't a great coaching job, because it was. But San Antonio, what were they, like the fifth seed last year with like LaMarcus Aldridge and uh, just a bunch of guys? DeJounte Murray, second best player? Yeah, no, I agree. But again, it's kind of an irrelevant question. Um, but it, I just found it to be interesting. Um, ooh, let's see. This is a good question. Um, oh yeah, yeah. This, I like this question. Um, which rookie will be the best player in five years? And the answer last year was Josh Jackson, according to the GM, who's a big guy that you like. Oh, I don't. Wow, Josh Jackson, a member of the. 38 win Phoenix Suns. Uh, <laughs> it's 38 now? And now it's inflating. By the end of the podcast, the Suns are going undefeated. That's, uh, okay. The, the 78 win Suns. Uh, 
the second, the eighty-three win Suns. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're just gonna give them. We're just gonna. We're just gonna give them an extra game. Um. All right. Uh, that's what happens when you win eighty-two straight games. You just get rewarded an extra game. I mean, I think, um, they, I think it's the same answer for both. Number one. What do you mean? Well, I, say, I think the answer for who's the best rookie this year and best rookie in five, best one in five years is the same answer. It's Luka Doncic. Oh, see, number one was DeAndre Hayden. For like this year? Yeah, who would be the best player in five years? No, Luka Doncic was going to rookie of the year. But they said in five years that DeAndre Hayden will be the best player in five years. And Luka Doncic came in third. Hold on a second. Player ahead of him. Hold on one second. Sorry, there's some cat drama. What happened? Um, pasta. There's some cat drama. Well, pasta was yeah, just that's, like a, that's that's fitting. Um, she pasta was attacking Ghost Owl very intensely. He he can be quite a bit of a bully. How many cats do you have? Just two, but how many cats do you have? Just two. Just two. That's an appropriate amount of cats. Yeah, any more and it'd be a little. I'm not quite ready to take that leap of being insane cat guy. Um. No, it's it's it's. I mean, your 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 the trajectory is fitting, but I don't think um, I don't think having more than. Um, anyway, two, two per person's bad. Uh, sorry. Anyway, it's just. Sorry, which rookie will be the best player in five years? Uh, so they said, and you said Luka Doncic, and I agree with that opinion. But Luka Doncic didn't even come in number two. Number two is Josh another. Jackson. I'm not sorry, not Jaron no, Jackson. Best rookie. Yes, Jaron Jackson. Because I'd say I would take him over Aiton. I think like if everything works out, Jared Jackson's going to be incredible. I agree, absolutely. I like this Memphis team. Memphis, if I had to bet on like a major dark horse team becoming a like an AC contender, I, I might pick Memphis. But they would obviously be a pretty a pretty dark horse team. Right, you'd have to like really believe in Jared Jackson this year, and, and you think- have to really assume that the role players that they have can be competent, and that Conley and Gasol can stay healthy and also be effective. And they're both, Which is a lot of, like, ifs and if and if and if. Right, and they're both, like, old as shit. They're very old, yes. They're very old. I mean, you know, by... Um, by NBA standards. Standard. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, who was the best player in the... Uh, the best defender in the NBA was Rudy Gobert. Best perimeter defender was Kawhi. It's pretty... Not very controversial. Um, the best defensive team... Was Utah. Okay. And number two is going to be Toronto? Boston. Okay. Is Toronto third? Golden State. Golden State and then Oklahoma City. 
Yeah, I mean, Gold, I mean, Oklahoma City. It's with the why caveat. Why does everybody like? I don't. I mean, I love Russ, and I think Paul George is there. But why does everybody like Oklahoma City this much? Well, like defensively, it makes sense because, albeit Rudy Gobert was playing, but he's hurt now. What did he say? Robertson's hurt. Is he already hurt? Like seriously, or like normal? He's out for like two months. He had like a knee problem. Oh. Yeah. Oh well, that that changes it then. I mean, I also, I mean, Steven Adams is a great defender. And you don't have Carmelo anymore. That's, that's, that's probably their, their biggest addition by subtraction right there. Right. Um, um, he is, uh, he's bad. That's my analysis. Yeah, dude, I saw, like, dude, side note, you know, I, you know, I'm a big supporter of The Athletic. The, uh, you know, are like. Are you working, are you, are you here to announce that you're going to be hired by The Athletic? Yeah, no, unfortunately not. Um, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I wore my athletic uh, little jacket today that I won from. You have my, an athletic jacket. Well, I finished second in one of their World Cup rackets, and I so I won a prize wow. pack. I yeah. put that on my resume if I were you. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. I'm a proven soccer expert. Um, nice. But I was gonna say, like they, they've got a lot of high end journalistic talent, but like you can yeah. tell that like a lot of the dudes that are filling in the you know, filling out the like the team beats because they want to have someone who's like r- like a beat writer for every single team in the NBA, NFL, all that like by this season. And you can yeah, tell that they're... like they had to cut some corners. <laughs> like yesterday, I saw um, Matt Moore. You know, hardwood paroxysm. Shout out Matt Moore. Yeah, great guy. Just someone like in terms of like just pushing NBA love. That guy is great. He. He like someone like on his staff, worldwide Wob, uh, wrote a piece, basically just joking about like Carmelo Anthony having shitty shots like shot selection again, because like Carmelo like Carmelo took a long two in the preseason game and then he like jokingly apologized to the Rockets bench right afterward. Um, okay. And so they wrote about it and they're like, yeah, you know, Carmelo's not well. Once again, he sucks at this stuff. And the the new beat writer for the Rockets for the Athletic tweeted at uh, at Matt Moore and was like, "Really, we're doing this again? It's only preseason, bro. We're we're doing this again." And it's just like Matt Moore is just like, "Dude, we've got like 15 years of evidence to support this is what Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony is." <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, it was okay when he was you know one of the most prolific scorers, even though it wasn't. But now he just. It's, it's this thing you trend amongst our players who kind of cut corners, but as these bad expression, um, and we're still really effective. But now Carmelo is just like an ineffective, over overweight by NBA standards. Right, right and also like the league around him is changing. You know, like yeah, your shitty, your no, shitty I, sock I selection didn't matter no. as much in 2008. Do you want Carmelo Anthony on your team? Um, well, if. If we're, talk- if we're talking my team like the Charlotte Hornets, then absolutely. <laughs> That's fair. We're not winning. You also, you also had Dwight Howard last year. What was that like? Um, well, early on it was great because you don't – early on when you're watching it, you're seeing like Dwight Howard getting a lot of touches in the post and he's doing well. And you're like, wow, Dwight's the only guy that can do anything. This is great. Love Dwight. And then you slowly start to realize, oh – 
the reason why no one else can do anything is because Dwight sucks ass. And yeah, well, only yeah. I was saying you could only run the offense through Dwight. Like that dude is not about being an ancillary offensive player. And he he, he ideally would just be a really great like sort of like roll to the rim and dunk player, but he just never wants to do it. He'd be DeAndre Jordan, and he he's got no interest in being DeAndre. I know, but that was the whole thing too with Stan Van Gundy. He can roll to the rim. He's like, no, I wanna I wanna shoot left-handed hook shots. Oh, and Dwight is like very serious about shooting threes again. Oh God, he's so serious about this. He's hurt now, but when he when he's if his back doesn't completely fall apart, I'm interested in watching that. He's on the Wizards, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that. uh, I don't know, man. That's not good for them. I'm talking about like the like him on that team. That just it's it's amazing. I mean, if, if I was a Wizards fan. I mean, slam my head against the wall. I mean, can you imagine like fucking John Wall and Dwight Howard on the same team? Like you were gonna ruin the chemistry. Oh, it sounds horrible. They sound so. They sound like two just incredibly insufferable people to work with. I mean, I was like this off season. I was thinking about a lot of like trades that get Kemba Walker and like Michael Kidd Gilchrist to the Wizards for John Wall. And why? Well, just because I thought maybe they'd want to move on from him or something. Or I, I was thinking, well, like, you want John Wall. I was that. See, that's the thing is that I would tell my friends about this, and their responses weren't why. Why would Washington give up John Wall for that? They were why the fuck would you want John Wall? And that's my question. Yeah, and why, I, mean, I couldn't give you a real answer. I mean, I'd want John Wall, but not for forty million dollars. Right. I mean, John yeah, Wall. I John Wall making that money. Yeah, John Wall operates like a guy who is just so much better than he is. Yeah, that's, that's, he was great, but he's not anyone. He's like a very, he's a very okay shooter, um, yeah. great in transition, player, solid defender, good passer. John Wall would have been an incredible player to have in 1997. Yep. But not 2018. Yeah, even, even the mid-2000s. Yeah. But he's just like he. You cannot have the guy as the best player on your team for it to win a championship, and I don't think he can be anything other than the best player on the team. No, and that's and that's um, it's and, and Bradley Beal Beal's your ticket if you're a fan. If you want, or if you're a fan of the Wizards, if you want any help, I mean, he's your only because he fits the perfect the modern NBA. He's just a really nice player. Right, John Wall is the kind of guy who I think it would be awesome if he got included in like a package deal to Phoenix. The thing is, Phoenix would probably do that. Right. Dumb, but they'll, they'd do it. Right. Well, anytime you're looking at, anytime you're going into the trade machine and you're trading a yeah. superstar, ultimately you're trying, like, anytime you're going to the trade machine, you've got to, like, include a stupid team. You have to include the Kings or the Suns. The Kings or the Suns are in every trade. Yep, every trade. Yep, that's a, it's a, it's a pro tip out there for you. And uh, and um, I'm trying to think. The Clippers used to be in it, not right. so much anymore. They're smart enough now. Um, yeah. All right, what? Any more fun GM survey questions? No, not really. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm just looking at it. Um, which team is the most fun to watch? Golden State. Um, I kind of agree with that. Um, 
which player is the most athletic? Russell Westbrook was got fifty percent of the vote. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Um, who's the best pure shooter? Stephen Curry. How really even question? That's like he's the greatest yeah. shooter ever. LeBron is unquestionably the best passer. Which bench player makes the biggest impact? Lou Williams. Well, who's couldn't you say like player? couldn't you say like Ben Simmons is the best passer? Uh, where did Ben Simmons come in this? He was fourth with Rondo. Who's who is second? Chris Paul. Oh yeah, Chris Paul's pretty good. Yeah, he's, he's pretty good. Um, which player is the best leader? LeBron James. Yeah. Al Horford is number four. Donis Haslam also received the vote. Kemba Walker also received the vote. Kemba. Nice. Uh, most versatile player, LeBron. Best basketball IQ, LeBron. Which ooh, which player would you want taking a shot with the game on the line? This is inferior. Kevin Durant number one, Steph Curry number two, LeBron number three. Yes, this is, I hate this. I want LeBron. Yeah. Give me. I hate this thing. It's just because it's, it's not based on any fact. And it's annoying that GMs fall for this. It's not based on any fact. Well, doesn't Durant shoot a higher percentage than LeBron? Does he? Um, yeah. Maybe. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm checking now, but I, I mean, I'm, t- I'm talking about, like, maybe last couple years. Um, okay, once we finish this out, I think we should end on the last question, which I think is a really interesting question. Okay. Um... um. Once again, it's hilarious to find out that Kevin Durant is from Suitland. Yeah. Um, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, he, sh- he shot 53.7% two years ago and then 51.6% last year. Kevin Durant did. Um, oh my god. Durant dropped the Sonics-inspired KD-11 very hot. Yeah, I saw that. So hot. Oh, my God. That's the, that's the extent of my shoe knowledge. But anyway, um, I will ask you the final question. Okay, LeBron shot 54% yeah. last year. So, I, yeah, you want LeBron. What, what are I we talking about? I want LeBron, yeah. What, what are we talking about? You want LeBron. I, I think that Steph Curry was number two, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I'd want, I'd want Durant, LeBron. And, those are the three guys, for sure. This feels very much like a first-take conversation, so I'm trying to, like, get out of it. <laughs> All right, Max Kellerman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm glad you said that. I was thinking you're going to do like a Skip Bayless joke. Um, no, what? he's on Undisputed, bud. That's right. He is. With Shannon Sharp. What a, what a time to be alive. Um, what rule regarding play, draft lottery, player, playoff format most needs to change? And I will give you just some of the rules. The schedule, fewer games, draft combine process, Draft medical information. By the way, this is in no particular order. Replay length. Draft eligibility, the one and done rule. Draft lottery, odds and system, or playoff seeding. Which rule needs to change? Um, well, on a just on a moral pro labor situation, I think the draft needs to be revamped. Yeah. If yeah. But yep. in terms, I, I, as in there, as in there shouldn't be a draft. Yeah, like the draft need yes. it just it doesn't make sense. Um, it's 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 pretty unethical. But you know, I don't operate in the interest of the players. I operate in the interest of Reed. And right. yeah, for my personal interest, I think they they have to do something to revamp the playoffs. Yeah, so that's the, the NBA GMs also operate under the person uh, under the interest of Reed because they agree with you. Because I just don't I. 
I don't have a problem with the fact that there are only a few teams that can contend for the playoffs. That's fine. But if that's the case, then you got to do something to make the playoffs more like those first few rounds more interesting. And you know, maybe yeah. it's something like the uh, like the wild card game with baseball. You know, you talk about you don't think it's a great. You could argue that like one game after 162 games isn't really fair. Mm-hmm. But you know, I don't. I think you could argue that the upside of the wild card game is that. You know, after they, when they first instituted the wild card in the 90s, it devalued winning your division because you could make the playoffs elsewhere. Now, I think it, now because of the wild card game, I think winning your division is back to being incredibly important. In basketball? I'm saying in baseball because, like, now, if if you win the division, like, you don't win the division, you could be out in one game. Yeah, it's, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I think basketball, I think you could do it where, like, top four teams in each conference automatically, like, they're not, I don't want them in any kind of one-game playoff. But everyone else, put them in, like, a one-game tournament. Just have it be. The thing that interests me, and this is going to float around on various podcasts, um, I'm interested in uh, in the first seven seeds getting locked in and then, like, a tournament for the eighth seed. So the, the Bill Simmons, like, fun as hell tournament. Yep. Entertaining as hell tournament or whatever it is. Yep. I'm interested in a tournament for the AC and a tournament for the number one pick in the draft. So you think that like the the winner of that wins number one pick? Yeah, that's 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 a bit more sticky. But I really believe in the whole. I really would be interested in a, a playing tournament for the AC. I wouldn't mind that. I, I think the, I would I would expand it almost though. It's, it's, it, 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 because it's such a revenue based decision. Um, and you have to think about it from the fact that the owners are the ones making this decision. The owners, the the owners lose like the owners of consistently pretty good teams just lose millions of dollars if they don't make the playoffs. So I I would say that I think you could only, I mean, it'd be really difficult to just convince the owners to do it for one one seat. I think making it a couple seats would be almost impossible. But don't you too much risk involved? But don't you think that plus. like we're gonna have like. That's going to increase revenue to the point where, like, it's going to mitigate any of those issues. That's but it depends on where you play it. Because they're getting, because they're getting home revenue from concessions, from jersey sales, from like in arena experience. Right. So and you, that's, but you and play that's it direct. So you play it at home then. If yeah, you you would always play at home games because, like, otherwise you end up with that, like, you know, you you see it with like college football and like college basketball and stuff, like. Yeah, you don't want like a neutral site court. That's like. Because it'd be like, oh, you find out, like, oh, in three days, our team is playing five hours away. Let's get yeah, tickets. Yeah, we're playing in Tampa in, like, some, like, Disney arena. Right. That, that's not no going to work no out. One, no one wants that. Or we can make the whole tournament in Vegas. That would be interesting. Again, I like that. I'd be interested in that. More Vegas. I've never been to Vegas. Neither have I. I really don't actually have much intention of going, but See, I would be... I don't I'd even, go for a basketball tournament. I don't even want to go because the more yeah. I don't, the more I don't go, the more it builds up in my mind as the most fun place ever. Uh, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not in that spirit of consciousness with you, but oh, I mean, I because I realize once I get there, it would it would be terrible. You know, yeah, I, it sounds awful. I don't, I don't gam- like I gamble on sports, but I don't do like poker and like blackjack and shit. No. I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. A, I'm terrible at that type of gambling, and B, I have no sort of interest. And that might be connected. I feel like if I, but no one's actually good at that stuff. 
Right. For like but I also like of the people. I hardly know the rules. So it's like I, I spend the entire time learning what to do. And then yeah, there's like I, Oh, go ahead. No, that's it. I, yeah, I was more green. Yeah, just and then like, you know, I don't I don't have that much interest in like strip clubs and shit. And certainly I'm zero interest in that stuff. And that's not even trying to be a PC answer. I just have absolutely no interest in that stuff. Well, um, if I so, wanted to go to a strip club, I could just I could find one. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you were interested in that, you wouldn't need to go to Vegas for it. Right. Is basically the answer to that. On that note, should we should we call it a day? Yeah, let's call it a day. Uh, you know, gonna get the shit uploaded, and then uh, yeah, I'll talk to you next week. Hopefully, recorded properly. Hopefully, James buckets will have been traded by then. Or maybe not. Jimmy G buckets. If you're, if you're nah, Tom Tim. This is this is purgatory. We deserve this as Wolves fans. Actually, no, we don't. The the ownership of the Wolves deserve it. Us fans have suffered enough. <laughs>